stop at Pancake's house. We stop at Pancake's house. Steve, we're back. That's right, Carlo. Absolutely. We stop at the Pancake's house. Oh, we are so back. How are you, oh, my how are man. you, my dear friend, our fearless leader? Uh I I don't I'm not sure if I'm a leader. I feel like this is a is a dynamic duo. We're definitely Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But um yeah, I'm doing all right. You know, I mean, uh, it's starting to cool down. Uh, would you say <laughs> that the summer of anger is over? Yeah, it is officially? clearly in the rear view officially. Okay. It's now it's now something new. We're going to let it kind of unfurl. Not sure if we need to give the autumn a name. You know, mm. the, the so far, the only thing in the news, there's like night vision goggles and groping and all kinds of stuff like that. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's related to the seasons. But out here, yeah, it's definitely the, the leaves are changing. The leaves are falling. Nice. And it's kind of getting a little spooky. I got to say, it's kind of dark outside. Mm. You know, you know, I'm out here East Coast time. Yep. And it's, it's getting a little creepier out there. Oh, yeah. Excited. It's kind of fitting for what we're going to be talking about, I think. Yeah, it's setting the table for our appetizers. That's right. It's time for movie food appetizers, appetizers, appetizers. It's movie food appetizers. <laughs> All right. So, Steve Carlo, yeah. Yeah, so Steve, have you been like leaning towards like more spooky stuff uh, now that it's getting into spooky season yeah my approach right now is i'm clearing the deck so anything okay. that i really want to watch that's not spooky i'm kind of trying to bang okay. those out bing Perfect. bang boom mm -hmm. and then you know just to really set the table um and so yeah coming off of the altman app if we want to just jump into the my, yeah, my first appetizer yeah. it's uh it's not always an appetizer it is a movie that i'm gonna put into my smith's cinnamonian <laughs> nice Steve Smith's Cinemonia. Now, this is a movie um, we talked about on the last ep. Shout out to the great Christina Politano. Yeah, that was a hit episode, I feel like. A lot of people like that episode. Yeah, she's yeah. she's a great guest. Uh, we're, we uncovered some mysteries about her. I think she discovered some things about herself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, possibly True. being a robot. Mm -hmm. But um, But, yeah, so you guys, you know, we're very glowing about a certain Robert Alton movie that I was ignorant to, that it's The mm. Long Goodbye. Yes. And it also kind of ties in to um, just, you know, I was very ignorant to Elliot Gould. You know, mm. I remember last season we talked about The Silent Partner. Yeah. You were really excited to watch it. I hadn't heard it, and I liked the movie, but I didn't quite get the, the Gould appeal. Yeah. <laughs> and um, But I got to say, after watching The Long Goodbye, I fully understand now like what that whole what his appeal is what the deal is and it's really cool because it ties into a lot of movies that we've been watching you know we watched los angeles plays itself and it features a lot of clips from the long goodbye yes and yeah we don't have to go too deep into it but i just really enjoyed it it's 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 an easy two-hour watch it's kind of timeless mm -hmm. in a way even though it has a very 70s aesthetic and you got chain smoking and the kind of nudist yoga chicks but yeah it's, i mean um, that that apartment yeah. building is legendary like in hollywood like the, just mm. those, that tower elevator that leads up to the apartments it's crazy and it's like at that cul-de-sac yeah have you been there uh no but i've been meaning to i mean maybe i should i'm, I'm probably gonna be on in hollywood next month so i, I should put that on my oh, list cool. 
of yeah, like a, really a cool. place to like yeah drive by and check out maybe i can even go in and <laughs> see if i can totally. go up that elevator um oh my God. but yeah i mean you know talking about the timelessness i think that was part of the idea because you know the the raymond chandler novel the long goodbye was you know set in the 40s Mm. So the, I think the idea that they had was Philip Marlowe was like out of place in the 70s. It's, uh, yeah. you know, the the nickname for, uh, well, the documentary about the movie was actually called Rip Van Marlowe. So oh. it was all about like him kind of being stuck in the 40s. But then, you know, all these 70s things are going around him. Like, you know, when uh, when he gets a visitor and he, he says like, yeah, it's called yoga. Yeah, <laughs> and the ladies are—they're you know getting distracted by the ladies doing yoga totally. on their patio, um, and yeah, it's just like he—he he drives an old car, you know. It doesn't seem like it's a car from the seventies at all, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, he—he he just seems like he's—he's he's out of time, out of place, you know. The his whole character and just. But then his attitude is very seventies, though. It's like he his catchphrase. You remember what he keeps saying all the time. Yeah, it's yeah. it's okay with me. It's all right with yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's very he's very charming. How he's like asleep in his suit. And mm-hmm. He wakes up. That's like the first scene. Yeah. And like yeah, there's all this there's all this violence or you know there could be nudity around him. There could be violence around him. Mystery, intrigue, and he's just like thinking about his cat, smoking a cigarette, just very like nonchalant. And there's something so appealing about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it was really cool to kind of to catch up and uh, get that one, not not only to be a favorite, but just to be uh, in the Smith Cinemonian, which you know, I don't really want to s- spell out too much of like what that criteria is for mm-hmm. me. I, I, it's just kind of a feel thing. Yeah. You know, it's like something that's. I think I would be proud to recommend at any moment, like without any kind of clarifiers. Like if someone was like, "Hey, can you recommend me a movie?" Yeah, you know, I'd be like, oh yeah, watch, check out, you know, seven, check out, uh, the long goodbye. You know, it's just like, 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 kind of like a no-brainer, you know, yeah. movie to recommend. It's funny though because last week, um, three women was also in your Sinisonian, right? That's yeah, that's also right. Included, so man, like Altman yeah. is. Uh, I got yeah. two Altmans, and yeah. I didn't even know about Alt. I didn't really be known too much about Altman, you know, like a couple mm-hmm. months ago back. So it's like kind of a trip. Yeah, like, man. Yeah, kind of discovering, you know, discovery something, you know, better late than never. And and that's yeah. always a pleasant surprise. Absolutely. Man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, I'd be down to actually cover uh, California Split. You know, that's another Elliot Gould okay. Altman collaboration, and it's about gambling. So, Sweet. Um, Season yeah. three. Let's fire it up. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And also, um, yeah, it's actually a good segue with you bringing up lo- The Long Goodbye. Um. Uh, I had some leftovers from last <laughs> last episode. Let's get it in. It's time for movie food leftovers. I didn't realize the because le- we hadn't done leftovers in a while. I didn't realize that it sounds a lot like movie food news. Like it's like a bulletin. As well. Oh, I wonder yeah. if I use the, the same sound effect. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, find okay, out. We'll, we'll um, find out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I I didn't even really make that link between PTA and and Robert Altman in the last episode. I don't know why I didn't. I guess because oh. uh, neither movie was really a direct. Link, um, the closest was basically that in in Three Women, I mentioned that he, uh, Altman was very inspired by uh, Christoph Pindarecki's, um, like, atonal music. And 
um, you know, PTA used uh, Christoph Penderecki's like part of his, his score in um, in Johnny Greenwood's score in in There Will Be Blood, but obviously the the links are are a lot deeper than that. And even when you know, with There Will Be Blood being like that movie where they were saying like, you know, that was really when PTA came into his own. Like he's now his own filmmaker. He's not imitating Altman and Scorsese. You know, there's all these links with the early films with. Obviously, Mag- Magnolia being like this kaleidoscopic LA movie kind of like mm. um, shortcuts, and then um, with Punch Drunk Love, he uses um, uh, Shelley Duvall's um, song from from Popeye. Oh, so no way, okay, yeah, yeah. But with the Long Goodbye, there also is like a link because you know the mystery in the Long Goodbye is is kind of it's vague. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, and, and then it. It, it I love these kinds of mysteries because it's like it doesn't really amount to much at the end, but then you you feel like you've gone somewhere, and then mm. it it kind of ends on uh, a punchline or a joke, you know, <laughs> but um in in a good way, and it's like the first time you actually see Marlowe kind of uh, have a direct like emotional response to something, but then you know it's like a throwaway line where he says like. You made me lose my cat. It's <laughs> he, 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 like you know, where's yeah. where's the angle, Marlo? Why would you do this? I mean, this is a uh, almost. I I guess yeah, it is. It's gonna be a fifty year old movie. Um, so like yeah, if oh you, my god, yeah, so, seventy three, uh, yeah, 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 exactly. So it's exactly fifty years old. Um, Dang. yeah, and you know, um, I I remember too when you you posted like a meme of the oh, movie yeah. you you posted the screenshot of basically an early um role for arnie yeah. in this yeah <laughs> he was cast he looks it. good he looks yeah, good, yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah he's he's made, basically made the strip to show his body as well <laughs> um yeah that was really funny but yeah th- so there, there's those links in in um in inherent vice because inherent mm. vice is also kind of like a vague mystery and um i i feel like um uh, pta made it even vaguer in um in the long goodbye um like uh, I mean in in inherent vice you know compared to the book because I've read the book as well and the book is a lot easier to follow than the movie and then there's also like kind of a muscle man guy in in inherent vice you know who's like oiled up and <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix <laughs> encounters and then you know Sweet. it's also about him like losing his girl you know mm. and just kind of being in that that fog. Um, and then it's it's set in the end of the '60s, so um, yeah, you know, it's that there's that too. But yeah, there the, there's all these connections with PTA and Altman. I think that's long-standing. And um, Robert Altman even mentions that. Actually, he mentions PTA by name in his his Three Women commentary because you know he was saying how when it relates to influences, how PTA was saying like, yeah, I, I've I've stolen so much from you, and then. Uh, Altman says, like, yeah, that's great. But, you know, it's like I could also just steal from you. Like, I could be inspired from you, you know? Oh, nice. So, yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it was an awesome little shout-out. And then obviously, you know, his last film, um, uh, Prairie Home Companion, uh, PTA was the assistant director for that. Oh, like, cool. he, he actually volunteered. I don't know if he did it for free because it was just like he just wanted to work with Altman. And then also, you know, his wife is in it, Maya Rudolph. So it was yeah. like a chance to kind of spend time with her and work with her. So that's cool. So, so it sounds like Robert Altman wasn't kind of a chap ass, like, um, like, uh, our guy, uh, 
Friedkin? Fri- Friedkin, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no. I think Altman, even though Altman also had his battles with the studios and even, you know, I mean, we mentioned that with, with OC and Stiggs. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel like, yeah, Altman was definitely a lot more generous and in terms of just uh, the way he is with actors, you know, that's why everybody loved working with him. Whereas I think, yeah, Friedkin's really more in your face. You know, it, it's it's mm. like when you ask, like, the actors who have worked with him, like, they... It doesn't seem like they enjoyed working with him, but then they see the result, and then they're like, "Okay, well, that was worth it." You know, so sure. yeah, it's it's almost like um, uh, if we were to relate it in like coaching terms, like uh, um, uh, William Friedkin is definitely the Bobby Knight. He's he's basically Nick Nolte yeah. from Blue Chips. Totally. That's how he is. That's how wow. he directs. Like he's in your face. He's shouting at you. <laughs> totally. You know, just to get that performance out out of you but yeah um that was just the leftover with the cool. yeah so i guess it's my turn uh Yellow. with all okay, right so my um my okay I'll, i don't know if you've seen it already but you were really okay. hyped for this have you seen bottoms not yet i haven't oh, okay, quite made right. it out but i do i would love to hear your thoughts because i'll okay, probably get well, to it at some point yeah um sure. i i guess i'll I'll just kind of talk around it. I'll just say okay. that this movie has my Ken Jong award. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll explain it at the end of the year, so you guys have okay. to stay tuned. But like this and did the you movie, say, did you say Ken Jong award? Yeah, Ken Jong award. Okay, I'm, I'm creating my own category of awards, Ooh, okay. and that's one of them. Is the Ken Jong award? And Bottoms gets it. it actually, shares it with um with Joyride, which is also okay. like a very um. Was it Joyride also directed by a woman? I can't remember. But, um, yeah, they're very, you know, pro-feminist, R-rated mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um, comedies. Uh, Looks like yeah. it's a Adele, Adele Lim. Lim. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're both yeah they're both directed by women, okay. both R-rated comedies. And, uh, you know, they're, I mean, they're di- a different age demographic. But, like, sure. it is, like, about a group of friends kind of finding themselves Okay. Uh, in a way, but yeah, the the Ken Jong thing is the the hitch. So okay, uh, but yeah, we'll we'll get into it. You know, once you okay, you've cool. seen it, and then yeah, we can um, and then yeah, when we do our our year end cool. show, um, yeah, I guess that's it for now. <laughs> Which I guess we should preview that we're thinking of doing like our own award show. Yeah, know? exactly. So that that's already one up. of them that I think uh, we should include well, is the okay. Ken Jong well, Award. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, cool. <laughs> So yeah, awesome. not not much. I just talked around bottoms, but yeah, it, it's it, it's coming with a lot of hype, and I'm not sure if it's it's doing very well box office wise. But you know, it's like uh, we're kind of in a barren time in the theater. I actually haven't been in the theater in a couple of weeks, so because oh, of, right. yeah. Whereas like I, you know, it, over the summer, I think I was going almost every week. Yeah, it's just like a lot of the September stuff has been pushed back because of you know the ongoing strikes. So sure, yeah. But yeah, that's just it. That's my tease, I guess, <laughs> for okay, bottoms. Well, looking yeah. forward. Okay, good. All right. Okay, um, so what do you got, Steve? Okay, so I guess for my next one, um, it, it is a little movie food news. Okay. Yesterday's stories today. It's the movie food news, and um, it's related to a tra- uh, both a trailer that I've come across, but then also just news. Uh, stories that have kind of infiltrated 
my my timeline and so i kind of want to like i kind of want to tease it out with you here and get your thoughts if that's all right mm-hmm. yeah let's go um, ahead so um something i've been following for a while is blink 182 i've been a fan of blink i've been reading tom DeLong's. he's he's put out some sci-fi novels mm-hmm. um called secret machines i've been reading them so there's like two books in the series and they're related to you know the uap and the ufo phenomena and all mm-hmm. of his research and i guess he's you know at various times he's left blink to go work with ex-government agents to try to figure out he's really trying to get to the bottom of what's going on incredible and if you follow enough of these accounts you start to go like your my timeline is like full of like all this like uap ufo truther stuff and like wow it's just it's getting it's it's getting a bit out of hand to work you know (laughs) to the point where i'm like maybe i gotta start following more like cat accounts again just kind of just 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 to clean the timeline you know what i mean or actual like um science uh right yeah (laughs) Yeah. accounts um right i saw we're following like an ocean account on on movie food uh, I don't, that was probably you, right? That wasn't me. <laughs> uh, yeah, plausible de- deniability. Yeah. There, you know, <laughs> yeah. th- there is some, you know, some that talk about that that the aliens they're in the ocean. And that, mm-hmm. That's where they're they're setting up shop. Oh, but anyways, okay. Pacific Rim. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah, that's a, that's my true nightmare. But um, mm-hmm. you know, so all that aside, something that um, actually did come across the timeline that I am excited and I want to talk to you about is the trailer for Monsters of California. Yes. I think as soon as, as, soon as it, it came on, I kind of forgot that it was something that was being developed. And so mm. I, I'm wondering, it's a movie that's set in this kind of Tom DeLonge UAP universe. It's, it's a different story from what I can tell from the novels, from the Secret Machine novels. Yeah. But it's, I'm, I'm sure it's all the same types of stuff. It's what is it really? Is it aliens? Is it time travel machines? Is it everything? All of higher dimensional <laughs> entities fighting yeah. for our souls? You know, like what you know. What, yeah, as far as that stuff goes, like you know, it seems like this movie is going to try to bring it in a fun narrative form. And it's written and directed by Tom DeLonge too. Exactly. Yeah. That. Yeah. The trailer doesn't, which is weird. I don't. It just like says from Tom DeLonge, but it, it doesn't say like it doesn't say that he wrote and directed right. it. That's so weird. And it's got an interesting cast. It's got Casper Van Dien, yes, from uh, Starship Troopers, Richard Kind, yeah, um, and then a bunch of unknowns. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. And so, I, so I got it. So you know, me being a Blink fan, as soon as I as soon as I heard this. Man, you can imagine how excited I was just watching this. And being just like, oh my god! There's no way people can They've remixed Blink songs into the soundtrack, into the trailer. I had a, I was having, I had a, was having a full-on Tom DeLonge boner, Tom DeLonger donger, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Just so geeked up, and so it's coming out on streaming October 6th. And so I want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. It, Am I right to be excited or should I, should I kind of let it wash over me and kind of, is it, are you kind of like, Hey man, I get you're excited. You're a blink fan, but <laughs> it's not going to be the, the killer. It's not going to be killers of the flower mood. You know what it's I mean? Like, like, it's going to be Ferrari. Like, 
for thought, yeah, like where 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 should I actually be slotting this? Uh, so I'm, I think I'm coming you know, to you. You you can be as hyped as you want to be, man. I mean, if this yes. is this could be like yes. movie of the year um, candidate cool. for you, man. You know, Whoa. I mean, this is what you're into, and like um, the other. It's funny you mentioned the yeah, the slowed down remix because like that's like the the trend for movies these days is that you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> all these trailers and a lot of yeah. them are are terrible like especially like i don't know if you've seen the napoleon trailer and it slows down oh. the um the kid a um oh, song cool. uh yeah from radiohead and it's just like and i i still remember the first instance i ever saw that in a trailer oh. it was for the watchmen trailer where they slowed down um uh, the the Batman and Robin song from uh, Smashing Pumpkins, oh, yeah, yeah, that was a yeah, that was the first time. So that was two thousand nine. So we're Dang. now like fourteen years in, and this is still a thing that they're doing in trailers. But this is the movie that gets the pass. This trailer because it's it's actually Tom DeLonge making it. You know, right. when I didn't realize that, like when I was like, oh man, come on, is this like are these like taking his ideas and then they also managed to get him to sign off on the music. But yeah. then when I realized, oh shit, he actually wrote and directed it. Yeah. It's like, okay, now it's like it makes sense, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's strange without his involvement in this movie. If you took his name off it, like mm-hmm. it just looks like a a B movie from the yeah. trailer, you know, it looks like, like it, Sh- Stranger Things light. Yeah, yeah, I, you could say that. And then like I was looking up some of the unknown cast, like the the mm-hmm. one who plays the blonde sister. She was apparently like a a cheerleader who like became a model and like uh they tried to sign her to like monday night football but she turned it down or something like that so she's like sure. oh, okay. one of those like <laughs> girls sure. you know and she's the sister that you know the other friends have a, a crush on in a the one of the on, friends. Yeah. yeah it's like yeah. uh that that was like a really funny exchange in the trailer they were talking about like um you know just looking out for each other <laughs> that's yeah one of the things um but yeah i mean i'm I'm curious i mean yeah it's a shame it's it's only going direct to streaming i would love to see this in the theater you know sure um, yeah yeah i think yeah you're 100 right uh, so i i definitely want to watch this full disclosure i probably think it's one of those projects that i can't not be biased against mm-hmm. you know because uh, you know i am a unfortunately a blink fan it's like why unfortunate well you know it's like i feel like blink is one of those bands kind of like maybe red hot chili peppers where you can't just like them there's like a stigma on it it's a little it's maybe a little dorky it's a little immature you know it's 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 like weezer as well i feel right into that category yeah it's a little like waving a flag okay i'm admitting i'm i'm a norm core normie normie (laughs) you know like regular dude it's not interesting or cool to say you're a blink fan you know i mean like it like it doesn't have that indie hip sure but yeah who cares (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) i'm trying to embrace it you know yeah yeah i mean you know i i i I like red hot i got a few of their their albums on out on vinyl so it's like yeah yeah and i have one blink (laughs) vinyl i I sent you the photo of it yeah Yeah, i have their live show uh the tom uh that's the best one morgan travis i mean yeah the the cover is incredible and just like Mm -hmm. the you know they they included the interactions with the audience which you know even adds yeah. more to the character yeah. of that record you know yeah. um uh yeah. but yeah it's funny cuz like they're coming out with a new album too so it's like they Ooh. have all their ducks in a row it's really okay. funny like marketing wise yeah so um yeah i don't i don't think there's anything wrong with that it's just um mm-hmm. yeah it we'll, we'll just see um 
because yeah, the, obviously it's Tom DeLonge's first movie. He's I don't think has he directed any of their music videos at least. Like, yeah, uh, I think Angels and Airwaves like his okay. side pr- project band, and he's dabbled in directing mm-hmm. things. But okay. you're right. I, I my prediction is I'm gonna like this, but it's gonna be that experience where you're kind of rooting for something because sure. you want it to be good because you have some connection to someone involved in it. Yeah, absolutely. You know? But that's that's valid. I think that's perfectly fine. Yeah. I'm going to have that perspective and then I'm going to be curious to hear your perspective from someone yeah, who has I'll, I'll le- less of that this. connection where, where you can be like, Steve, this thing was totally <laughs> average and mid. No, and, yeah. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm going in with an open mind, you know? Cool. Okay. So, uh, monsters of California. Yeah. Yeah. Monsters of California. Um, it's funny because, uh, my movie food news, uh, item oh. actually has a connection to monsters of California. Cause it, Wait. it involves Richard kind. Let's get in. Yesterday's stories today. It's the movie food news. Right, yeah, what you got? Yeah, what's your kind. <laughs> so uh, I d- I don't know if you've been keeping up with um, there. W- it w- I think people have already forgotten it. It's already faded away. But there was uh, a certain online publication, and I don't want to give them um, more of a boost by oh, mentioning them sure. by name. But anyway, they they were uh, they were giving some Martin Short slander. And a lot what? of people, yeah, were pushing back on it, uh, rightfully so, because, you know, Martin Short is one of our uh, our gems, even though he's Canadian. You know, I feel like he's, he's one of our great comic actors. Um, and, yeah, I don't know why. I, I guess, yeah, it's the clickbait. It's the hate, you know, uh, hate views or whatever that, that, that they were after. Uh, mm. That they published this article that was saying that Martin Short is annoying, and you know he's currently in a TV show, um, uh, Only Murders in the Building, which is a great show. I've I've watched like the first two seasons. I was I'm just waiting for this um this third season to wrap up so I can you know watch it at my own pace. Sure. Um, but yeah, I was just like, man, this is ridiculous. So you know, Martin Short is great, and I had a Blu-ray of uh, Clifford. Which, uh, you know, I hadn't watched since I was a kid, but it was like my one of those HBO favorites of mine, you know. And oh, I'd right. completely, yeah, completely forgotten the ending of the movie. A lot of the details of the movie, too. But, um, yeah, so Richard Kind is actually Martin Short's dad in the movie. <laughs> uh, but we only see him, like, at the beginning because he basically dumps Martin Short uh, to Charles Grodin, who's his uncle. And he lives in L.A., and, you know, um, Clifford is, like, really, like, into dinosaurs. So he really wants to go to Dinosaur World, which is, like, yeah. a theme park, like, Universal. Um, but it's all dinosaur-themed. And, uh, yeah, so, but, yeah, it's just, like, he's this really, like, petulant, like, little shit. But then he, he also has this naivete to him. So, like, Mary Steenburgen is, like, really taken to him. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, he's so adorable. But then, yeah, he's also, like, causing all this havoc. And there's just like this anarchic energy to the movie that's incredible, yeah. Um, yeah and it still holds up like it's great. I mean, yeah. I would say yeah, this could also be Carlos Cannon. You know, it's in, in, I think it belongs in there. Let's get it in there. Carlos Cannon. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm just looking at all the stills from it, and it's yeah. making me laugh. Oh yeah, it's fantastic, Steve. I think you would enjoy it. I mean, it's just like yeah. it. It really is just. I can't believe they got it made. Like, it's just, yeah. you know, he's playing a 10-year-old kid, 
you know, but it, yeah. he he was like in I I guess my age, like he was in his late thirties, and I think by the time <laughs> because the movie also got like held back, so when it finally got released, he was in his forties already. So <laughs> it's, it's just yeah, it's a fun movie. Charles Grodin is great. Like yeah, it just he's so good at just being like frustrated and like kind of losing it the same way like Steve Martin is. You know, totally. Um, so yeah, and it's a great LA movie as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's just an enjoyable film if you can take like Martin Short's like anarchic uh, streak in the movie. Yeah, you would enjoy it. <laughs> Man, I will say yeah. these kinds of movies. I remember when I was younger did give me so much anxiety that mm. that anarchy and the the, the mess that yeah. that a character would make. There, there was another movie with um, John Ritter called something Child, pro, oh Problem Child. Problem Child, Pro- yeah. Actually, it's a close uh, relative of, of Problem right. Child. Yeah, so Problem Child yeah. came out in nineteen ninety. It looks like for ninety four. So yeah, so mm-hmm. so there was a run here, right, where it was just like you can make a movie where it's just a wild kid making a mess and just everyone and like you the viewer sees what's going on but the adults don't see what's going on and i remember that giving me a ton of anxiety when i was younger (laughs) but so i I, i'm pretty sure i've seen clifford it it would be fun to kind of rewatch it um i wonder if the kids could even watch it i don't know it says Um, it's pg yeah yeah it is um yeah i don't know (laughs) i mean it no because i it's not that um it's not the age appropriateness. I think it's more the uh, gender appropriateness. Like, I really oh, think sure. it's more for young boys to oh, enjoy. Oh, I gotcha. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't know of any girls who like this movie. <laughs> uh. Yeah, they will just like, think, like, why is he being so naughty? Like, that's, <laughs> I think that would be the, the reaction. But, yeah, you, you brought up the Problem Child movies, and I, I enjoyed those, too. I, I actually rewatched the first one again and it didn't quite hold up but two yeah. still holds up like the the second one is great oh funny. um yeah and i didn't even realize that they they switched the cast by the third one and the third one was like direct the video but i still enjoyed the third one too the only person who's like in all three is uh jack warden who plays the granddad and <laughs> he's really oh, funny. funny yeah but yeah. i think clifford is on another level though like it's just because it's martin short like sure. that's really it. That raises it above. Even though John Ritter's great in the in the first two yeah. Problem Childs, like yeah, um, yeah, it's just the the Martin yeah. Short performance, and then the ending of the movie is just incredible as well. Okay, cool. just, or the the climax of the film. It's just man, yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely. When I was younger, I didn't get Mar- Martin Short, but I hmm. totally get him now. Like it was one of those things where I think. I couldn't just take the goofy acting at face value then right. um, or kind of get that he's doing something fun and unique. Whereas like now it's like, you know, like you can see Will Ferrell playing like that character and like it all makes sense. And so it's like, oh, yeah, Martin Short was doing that j- just at an earlier time. Yeah. And like, I mean, you know, with with all these people pushing back on on that article, a lot of people were posting like the Jiminy Glick primetime glick stuff oh. that he did like because you remember when he did that yeah. talk show oh where yeah he, <laughs> he was in a fat suit playing that character yeah. it was so good like yeah i mean so the interviews are spot on yeah so he like was, wait what was the gist of the pushback article 
Um, it's just that he's annoying. That was really it. Oh. Like, the, the, yeah, that's. Uh, I I didn't yeah. read past the headline. I mean, you know, yeah. it was just like, yeah, it wasn't worth my time. Like, I wasn't gonna click on it because I was just like, yeah, that's gonna give them more views. Yeah. Yeah. If you're gonna get tried to get canceled, that's that's a pretty good one to try to get yeah. canceled by. I'll take yeah. annoying. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. And then yeah, this uh, yeah this publication, it just like is yeah. It, uh, it, it's not screen rant, I'll say that, but like yeah. it's it's almost at that level. Like a lot sure. of these these online publications, they're they're getting to that point now. I mean, you know, we we've shot on IndieWire in the past, and yeah, they they're mm-hmm. all just uh, yeah. I think the only publication that I I appreciate, and their their Twitter is really funny too, is um, uh, Screen Slate. Uh, okay. We actually follow them, yeah, with the movie food um, nice. account. So yeah, like yeah, they're 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 one of the few because they they're not doing these like clickbait kind of okay. shit. So like uh, okay. that, yeah. But they're still pretty funny about it. Okay. All right. So yeah, what else have you got, Steve? So I wanted to ask you about Asteroid City. I don't know if if you got around to seeing it. Yeah, you? we we're we're kind of leaning into a theme here, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, especially with our, our main oh. feature. Oh, like that's funny. Yeah. I didn't even put that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I guess. Yeah, we are. it's really in this year. Um, yeah, I actually saw Asteroid City twice. Oh, so, you did? Yeah, yeah. In okay. the theater. So yeah. So it sounds like you enjoyed it. Uh <laughs> Okay, good. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. cuz I found it I found it to be pretty boring. Uh, okay. I, that's fair. I, I was having a tough time with mm-hmm. this one, and so I just wanted to check in and see was it something I missed or was no. did like like was it paced different from other Wes Andersons? I don't know. Like what's your thoughts on it? I just feel like yeah, it's it's for fans. Like it's if you're mm. a fan of Wes Anderson, it's it's for you, you know, totally like he does all the things, but it's just coming off of French Dispatch, which some people still hated. I enjoyed that movie. Like, I, I really thought, like, he was at least trying to do something different with French Dispatch. Like, especially with the, you know, the magazine format. And then, like, every, um, uh, every like, story had its own, like, style relating to the magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was great. You know, the whole animated sequence in, in French Dispatch was incredible. Like, it's a chase scene. Um... But with this one, yeah, it was just like, okay, it's more of the same, like, kind of Wes Anderson-y stuff. And I just feel mm-hmm. like any movie he does that involves a train, I'm already not into, which is ironic because mm-hmm. I love tra- movies about trains, and, you know, trains in movies yeah. and even trains in real life, you know. But, like, when he has a train, it's just like, man, Darjeeling Limited was like, yeah, that was the movie that, uh, you know, completely turned me off mm-hmm. of Wes Anderson. I was just like, God, oh, this is just ridiculous. Like, I can't take this anymore. Um, yeah. and then he kind of pulled me back in with um with Moonrise Kingdom. Right. Um yeah. but yeah, I like that one. Yeah, yeah, it's just there's some really nice moments in in Asteroid City. Like the, the alien, like when we fr- the UFO arrives, mm-hmm. like it's a yeah. great little moment, you know, and then the way the alien picks up the asteroid and then poses for the photo. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's good sure. stuff. And then I mean, I liked some of the performances, like, you know, um I I don't know if you got this Steve that actually Jason Schwartzman is like playing, uh, kind of a version of of Stanley Kubrick. No, okay, yeah, yeah, because oh. uh, yeah, Stanley Kubrick got his start as a photographer. You know, that's mm. um, and the look of Stanley Kubrick. That's how <laughs> Jason Schwartzman sure. kind of looks. Yeah, they've they've done like side by side comparisons, and then um, there's that one scene that Margot Robbie has. I don't know if you remember that scene. Uh, um, remind me. 
Yeah, so it it's uh it's in the meta part where it's in black and white, and then you know they're because it's a play about this movie, and then oh, there's a movie right, about yeah. the play. You know, it's like all these these things going mm-hmm. on. Um, so it's like the part where um it's one of the moments where Jason Schwartzman's character is actually playing the actor instead of playing the character mm-hmm. in yeah in the play, and he he like steps out for like a smoke break, and then he's facing the balcony of the other theater that's next door. And Margot Robbie is there, and she's actually playing his wife in the play, but she's only she only appears as a photo. Um, it's, it's it's too much for me. <laughs> it's like all this stuff. It's just too clever. Yeah, yeah. There's all, all that. the acting. It's like it's stylized, and it's a little. It's just it. Mm. You know, I've liked other Wes Andersons, but this one just lost me. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I think it's it's perfectly fair. But that that scene with Margot Robbie, I thought was very moving. Like I thought that cool. that whole scene was better than Barbie. <laughs> the entirety oh, yeah. of Barbie. <laughs> okay, yeah, good. just the the interaction they had cuz you know the, that's the thing like Wes Anderson has this ability to like do scenes that can be very moving, you know? Like he mm-hmm. had those moments in Moonrise Kingdom and then I think like a lot of Rushmore there's there's these moments that he can do that, but like then yeah, he just gets bogged down with the design and you know the the performances being you know the the same way i mean you know i enjoy like deadpan performances in other movies like i like hal hartley movies Mm -hmm. but just somehow like it's just the mannered way that he does it like yeah i mean some people eat it up like candy but like for me like yeah it can get weary uh wearisome and but that being said i'm i'm looking forward to his uh you know he's got these rolled doll um netflix movies coming out like they're they're all short films uh i love that idea yeah yeah yeah. so i'm looking forward to that i think that's gonna be november so i'm gonna be watching all of those because i think it's a mix like some of them are like the wonderful world of henry sugar is the longest one that's like 40 minutes but Mm. some of them are a little shorter and you know he's really good with his short films like i really enjoy yeah the short films he makes cool. but yeah i understand with yeah, yeah your reservations with with yeah. asteroid city i tried to give it a shot i was like you know what i've liked i've, I've liked mm. some of them in the past let's give it a go and it just it just lost me yep. yeah yeah i cool. the only reason why i saw it twice was because i i watched it when it first came out and then my dad wanted to see it for his birthday, so we, oh, we cool. went out and watched sure. it again. So yeah. that was the only reason. But yeah, it, yeah. it didn't it didn't improve on the second viewing. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, all right. So I guess my next one is um, uh, the Protector, not the Tony Jaw, the the Jackie Chan Protector from 1985. Have you oh seen my this? God. Steve? Does it have like a subtitle or something? No, like, it's just the protector, and it's 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 one of his early like American uh, crossover movies. I feel like I have seen this and I've forgotten mm. it. Yeah, it's that directed was... by um, James Glickenhouse, mm-hmm. cool. who's also like made like a lot of exploitation movies, and it it it's a weird mix of him directing this movie, <laughs> this Jackie Chan movie. Yeah. Um, but I liked it as much as like it's, it's so. It's got. It looks yeah. like it's got some crazy ass stunts. Yeah, it does. Uh, but yeah, it's like it's not on the level of Jackie Chan. Like a lot of the reviews that I see that are dissing this movie are basically saying that, oh, Jackie Chan hated making this police movie so much that he went on and made like a trilogy with, you know, right. police story sure. that was even better. Yeah, so it's not quite on par, but you know, there there's like an incredible chase scene that happens in the middle of the movie that involves him like 
jumping from one boat to another and then using a mm. motorbike, like a dirt bike. Nice. It has those moments. And then, you know, uh, it, it's just a funny pairing with him and Danny Aiello. You know, shout <laughs> totally. out to Italian-Americans, Christina. <laughs> That's right. You know, um, hey. but yeah, yeah, like they're, they're um. Yeah, they're just they're cops and they're partners, and then obviously like uh, Jackie's like the the fish out of water. You know, he's a New York cop. Um, I can't even remember who the villain was. That's so strange. Like, it, like I'm blanking. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, so he um it eventually leads them back to Hong Kong, and like it's this whole complicated like thing of like uh, drug dealing and stuff like that and then this is where the james glickenhouse like exploitation stuff comes in because it's like uh, you know i'm i'm i have nothing against nudity in movies but you know sometimes it just feels like ridiculous when it's just gratuitous you know and here yeah like basically these these women who work in like a meth lab like they have to take off all their clothes to work on the meth (laughs) that doesn't make any sense like you see how i mean you know i guess with um with breaking bad you know uh walter white in the first episode you know he takes off all his clothes and he's like in his undies because he doesn't want the smell to stick but eventually you know they 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 start wearing like um you know those hazmat suits right Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so it's like it's so ridiculous that all these women have to get naked to um <laughs> and then there's this, like this extended sequence where they go to a massage parlor and the women also have to get naked obviously when they're, they're doing the massages Jeez. you yeah. know so it's it's got that element to it um but yeah it's a fun movie you know i, I really <laughs> enjoyed it even though yeah it's it's obviously a bad movie it's not meant to be th- that good it's not like you know gonna sure. be like top 10 jackie chan but <laughs> it's funny yeah. that it came out in 85 that that's our yeah. year yeah, exactly. Yeah, another eighty-five year <laughs> movie. Yeah, maybe we can revisit it um, in uh, season sure. four. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, what else have you cool. got, Steve? Sure. My last one. Um, let me pull up what the name of it is. I uh, I was watching a Tom Petty documentary. Oh, nice. From, from twenty twenty-one called Tom Petty Somewhere You Feel Free. Okay. And it's basically it's the it's a documentary of making his 1994 album wildflowers that's recorded by um um our guy what's his name uh oh sorry rick rubin oh yeah rick rubin yeah of course yeah and it's just it's just a really good doc and like it's an album that i kind of forgot about like i kind of i listened to it when it when it came out you know a lot of the songs were on heavy rotation on mtv you know it had like last dance with mary jane and um, um a couple other big bangers uh, wildflowers, but it was just cool to kind of see it again, see what made it so special. You know, you kind of realize a lot of it was written about his upcoming divorce and he maybe didn't even know about it. Like a lot of the songs <laughs> wow. are about kind of like letting go or, you know, you know, finding new love and all this kind of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, the album's been in heavy ro- rotation with the family ever since I watched the doc and the kids are into it. We, we're singing wildflowers in the car. Oh, nice. So, yeah, if you're a Tom Petty fan, it's, it's definitely worth a, a shout-out to uh, It's called uh, Somewhere You Feel Free. Yeah. All right. Okay, awesome. Yeah, cool. R.I.P. Tom Petty. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not really, like, that well-versed with his music other than sure. Free Falling. And I think yeah. you picked the Tom Petty song for um, our RLA episode, right? I think I did, yeah. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, 
Yeah. Yeah, I, it's, it's strange because, uh, like, when he passed away, like, a friend of mine actually um, just randomly messaged me about it. Like, she she really took it to heart. And I was like, wow, I didn't know that Tom Petty was, like, that significant to you in your life, you know? Yeah, kind of on the opposite end of Blink. Like, he mm. was someone in the pop zeitgeist that was, like, totally safe for everyone to kind of, like, say they were a fan of. And you were sure. both mainstream and cool at the same time. <laughs> nice. Yeah. His music was poppy enough that it hit a huge general audience but then had enough maybe cleverness or uniqueness that it hit kind of a cool audience too but um yeah gotcha. you know, but it's definitely kind of just like you know a unique voice a unique you know presence but also just kind of singing just straight catchy stuff you know yeah yeah i mean uh, yeah th that's the thing now that i i realize like as i approach my 40s i'm i'm really into like quote unquote classic rock now <laughs> like oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, been, I've been getting into it like you know i mean Sweet. i've been buying random records and like uh uh one of my favorite record stores out in um uh los alamitos i think it is they they mm. specialize in a lot of classic rock and i love how their record store is basically arranged by price so they got uh. five dollar <laughs> records ten dollar records and then you know the more expensive ones twenty dollars um yeah, so, you know, I'm obviously, like, going through the $5 records a lot. Oh, yeah. And, like, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah. This, you know, I, I so I've gotten into, like, Pink Floyd and um, uh, Led Zeppelin. Like, all these these classic rock bands. But one record, actually, that um, I had only bought it for one song. Uh, it was uh, Love's uh, For Sale because, you know, Always See Your Face is just such an incredible track. But now I'm, like, into the whole record. You know, <laughs> it's, it's mm. one of those things where it's, like, Man, I, I a few years ago I would never have listened to any of these songs, but now it's like, yeah, this is awesome. Totally. You know? So cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And I feel like in that era, and especially in the seventies, they were really trying to go for something. There, the music was a little more virtuosic and right. Uh, but but also it didn't have the overproduction of the eighties and nineties. Yeah. So it's like yeah. You, so you can find some really interesting things that like will surprise you. I'll yeah. Say. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. Okay, so I got a couple more. Um, I'll just lead into it. Like, uh, so, uh, I this isn't actually a movie, but something I've been rewatching. So I, I've been rewatching one of my all-time favorite TV shows, uh, mm. which I didn't mention in our TV episode because it, it it's hard to single out a season. Right. Uh, it's a uh, Peep Show. It's oh, okay. This, uh, yeah, it's this yeah. British show. Um, most people will probably like find a way into it because of um. Jesse Armstrong, who created Succession. This is one of the first shows he ever created, along with a couple other guys, uh, Sam Bain, and I forgot who the other guy was. But yeah, they're, they were a trio. And um, yeah, they, they wrote most of the episodes together. And it, it's such a brilliant show. I mean, it's it's actually, yeah, it's celebrating its 20th anniversary this year. It started in 2003. Um, and it's over now. It, it lasted for nine seasons, but, you know, it, it's British season. So it's like six episodes per oh, cool. season yeah. yeah so i'm already like two seasons in <laughs> because yeah. actually now i'm starting on the third one because it's like uh yeah it's just so easy to watch it's yeah like i was saying like the way people like wes anderson like candy this is like my candy is is watching peep show because it it also just has a an innovative hook to it i mean you know it came out around the time that uh you know digital was really picking up 
uh, especially for TV shows. So they decided to experiment with it. So the whole idea with the show is that it's always shot from the perspective of a character. Mm-hmm. So um, there there are like some, you know, kind of establishing shots, like to, to just say like, okay, we're, we're at their flat building or something in the apartments. Uh, but other than that, like most of the show, it's like it, even when it's like a character, when we see them from the outside, it's like from somebody who's passing by, you know, and those are like the really nice moments in the show, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's a great show. You know, it's got Robert Mitchell and uh, no, David, uh, David Mitchell and Robert Webb. I, I combined their names together. <laughs> but yeah, they're like a comedy duo. I, I really enjoy them. They They have another show they did recently called back that i'm curious to, to watch mm-hmm. and then uh you know they also had a sketch show called um that mitchell and webb look um cool. so yeah they're they're a great duo and yeah it's obvious that they're uh they have amazing chemistry and the, the show really capitalizes it and i i guess the other reason why i it has a personal significance to me is that david mitchell's character mark corrigan reminds me so much of my dad mm-hmm. you know like he's into history uh, he's kind of like a very by the book, like follows the rules kind of guy. <laughs> so, totally. so, so yeah, so that that's also part of the reason why I enjoy Wait, it. All right, I gotta yeah. give give this a shot. Is this an easy show to find? Yeah, but it's it's funny. It used to be on Hulu, but now they've like moved it to like the free um streaming services. Cool. So I think it's on Tubi. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, but um, yeah, so a, you just I'll watch. give it a shot. This yeah. definitely looks like something up my alley. Yeah, man. So yeah, I'll be yeah, curious to hear what you think of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, speaking of comedy duos, you've been watching some of the some of the Jake and Amir's. I remember <laughs> we I mentioned Jake and yeah. Amir as a wine pairing on the last step. Yeah. Were you able to catch up on on a couple of those, especially with the, um, the yeah, cast of only, characters? Yeah, I only watch it when like Thomas Middleditch or Ben Schwartz is on it. Sure. <laughs> that's, that's my thing. Because yeah, yeah, it's just funny like to watch something where the the people who are the main cast don't really interest me and they don't sure. really make me laugh but when they have a guest like I'm like okay I'll watch this like you know they totally. sent, sent you that one of the movie theater one yeah. with, <laughs> with Ben Schwartz so, doing the intro I mean that was so great funny. and then I, yeah. I watched like another one where um I guess it's an ongoing series too where he's like a milkman <laughs> the milkman <laughs> like the, series is yeah, insane yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so yeah, I really enjoy Ben Schwartz. Like, like I, I actually didn't yeah. know about him until Sonic. Like, <laughs> that's so oh, weird. Wow. Right? That's yeah, like really I never. Cool. Yeah, we're kind of opposite like that. Yeah, I've been following Ben as like this like side character from, you know, podcasts mm. and just like as like a great podcast guest on like Comedy Bang Bang in the early two thousands or sorry or in the early twenty tens and then, you know, he was like the king of bit parts. Like he mm. would come in on Park Parks and Rec. And play right, a side yeah, character. Gene <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, yeah. and then you know, you would find all of his bloopers on YouTube, and just like, I guess Jake and Amir are like, they all were, I guess, in the same kind of improv realm. And it just happened that in the early 2010s, Jake and Amir had a web show, and so they would guest on that. And now Schwartz and Middle Ditch, you know, have gone on to improv and movie stardom until middle ditch had 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 his moment but yeah you know i'm rooting i'm rooting for him to come back yeah yeah i think he, he can yeah for sure i mean I'm, I'm curious what the next like mike judge project will be but i'm uh he might you know he might be involved somehow you know because he was so good in silicon valley totally um yeah yeah cool. so uh i guess just relating to 
to Silicon Valley. Um, this is on what streaming service you can watch it on. Mm. Um, so I don't know what struck me. I guess I was building um, a Lego set. I didn't get into this with Christina too because I realized she's actually a Lego builder as well. Like she oh, has nice. a few posts about her her Lego. Um, but yeah, I was um, I just yeah. felt like building. Um, uh, I I got uh, Paul Walker's um, Nissan Skyline. Um, from yeah, from Too Fast, Too Furious. Hell yeah! Um, yeah, so there's like a series that uh, Lego is doing called Speed Champions, where it's like these, you know, these like nice cars, and you can build them, and they're like really tiny. They're like minifig um, scale. So I was like, yeah, let me just put something on like while I build this, and I I felt like rewatching Ronin, uh, which I hadn't seen in a while. Uh, are you familiar with Ronin, Steve? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, so um, yeah, yeah, it's obviously best known for its two crazy car chases, mm-hmm. you know, one early on and then the the one that basically leads to the you know the climax of the movie. Sure. Um, and yeah, I just I, I just realized like yeah, I I think the first time I watched it, I I wasn't such a fan. I I just thought like the plot was ludicrous and like. You know, I I was just um yeah I I felt like it had no weight to it, especially because mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's probably one of the last like Robert De Niro roles where he's really like engaged. In, you know, I totally. mean now he's kind of back again, especially with the Irishman. But, um, you know, he really just like kind of started dialing it in. You know, towards the two thousands. Um, but. So I was just like, I, I guess I was expecting it to be heat, you know, like heat yeah. too. Like I wanted it to be on that level, but it wasn't. And then this time around, you know, I guess because I was also building, even though uh, there are certain parts where I stop, I had to stop building and put it down basically to just watch the sequences. But yeah, like I was like, when I just completely forgot the plot and like how ridiculous it was and like how it doesn't even matter in the end anyway. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I was just like, "Yeah, this movie is like something that, um, you know, you you can learn from. You know, it's just the way the action sequences are done. It's it's something that you can break down in movies, and it's just funny, you know, with the Friedkin connection. Obviously, you know, um, John Frankenheimer who made Ronin, he made the French Connection too, and one of the the things that people got on with with French Connection too is it doesn't have a car chase like. <laughs> you know mm. uh the first french connection but then he tops it with you know this one in ronin it has two ridiculous car chases you know um Ooh. yeah yeah so um the the only thing about the movie is like you know cause i have it on blu-ray but i was just feeling lazy to look for it so i was just like oh it's streaming on max so let me put it on max and then uh i was watching it up to us i i think up till like the the second car chase and then you know the streaming kind of like dropped the 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 quality like it yeah. started getting pixelated and shit and like kind of murky i was like ah fuck this so i i i found the blu-ray and i just like continued it on blu-ray and it was so much better like i realized what was wrong with like oh. yeah Let's just get into it. My Scott take is that basically, yeah. Let's, let's put in the Scott take. Scott take. Yeah. So what? So what is it? Yeah. Well, that the Max sucks. Oh <laughs> like man. It sucks. <laughs> like the app. The, yeah, the, the app, app sucks. Yeah, but I mean, the way even just, the way it's compressing it or, yeah, or something. Well, yeah. Well, not only that, it's just like they don't even mix the volume well. You know, God it's like it. you really have to turn up the volume to hear like the dialogue, but then like when the music or like 
the, the sound, sound effects, effects come in, yeah. it's too loud. And Damn. like you know, when I watch my Blu-ray, which is released by Arrow, by the way, which is one of my favorite um, mm-hmm. uh, companies, like Shout out. it's perfectly mixed. Like you know, I didn't have to raise the volume. Like it was just like just right. Um, yeah. And I was like, man, I should have just watched it on the Blu-ray the whole time. Like I shouldn't have been lazy to look for it which is why you know most people don't want to you know get social media uh, i mean physical media because they don't want to load a disc into a player (laughs) but um but it was worth it because it's just um yeah max really sucks like since they've transitioned Mm. to max um you know we've we've been talking like about certain movies we're going to be watching and um one of them is the exorcist and like uh, I remember, and also another movie I think was uh, I, I was trying to seek out the director's cut for uh, Doctor Sleep. So when it was right. HBO Max, you actually could choose between the theatrical cut and then the director's cut of the movies. Oh, yeah, they had good. like both versions, which was great. You know, I think they also had that for Miami Vice and all that. But now that it's transitioned to Max, they've gotten rid of that, and then they only have like the worst version of the movie and you know sometimes it is the director's cut you know because sometimes wow. the theatrical cut is better uh with right. doctor sleep they don't actually have the doctor uh the director's cut it's the theatrical cut so it's like yeah. this kind of thing it's just and then yeah. you know like it's really the company you know warner discovery yeah. since that merger it's kind of been really bad for them because it's just you know everybody hates david zaslav he's like one of the main villains along with bob Iger with the strikes you know um sure. and uh yeah he, it's like all the shows that he's canceled uh, i don't know if you heard steve that they they also this is very recent news too that they just canceled winning time yeah I yeah heard that. Damn. yeah and it's like that show should have lasted five seasons you know it's like mm, people love that show. yeah yeah it's yeah. it's really well done i'm i'm still like you know part way through the second season and i'm you know i'm like cherishing each episode now because yeah it's like this is gonna be it you know um yeah so yeah max and warner discovery man they suck damn (laughs) what a bummer man yeah yeah uh let's save it for the next step but i definitely do want to hear your takes on dr sleep but um i think i think uh just as a sneak preview our next step we're gonna do a little more of like a grab bag on sure. all the different spooky horror films yeah we've been watching yeah that'd um, be cool but yeah because that is one i have seen and it is uh interesting we'll just say yeah yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> okay um okay so yeah let's just wrap up uh the appetizers um oh yeah i i, I do have a separate like carlos canon <laughs> as well oh so let's get into it carlos canon. all right it's just two short pieces that i have actually for mm, for carlos cool. canon even though yeah i did include um yeah, yeah. we mentioned long goodbye and clifford um so uh, the two short pieces one is um harmony corinne's uh duck duck <laughs> which is on duck. youtube cool. uh yeah i mean i didn't even realize he because you know harmony corinne is not like the most prolific filmmaker he's only made i think four features and i mean he has a new one uh coming out uh so I guess that's the fifth one, Agro Drift, which is like completely shot in infrared. But like I was curious about what he's been doing in the interim because apparently he's doing this thing. There's like a he's got a production uh, group in in Miami, so they're they're doing a lot of these experimental 
stuff. So I'm, I was like curious about it. So I, mm-hmm. I like decided to see what he's been doing in the interim because I think his last movie was what 2017, 2018 with the Beach Bum. Like, um, oh wow. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks like twenty nineteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, it's been a while. Um. So in the interim, he's been making these these short films that are also kind of music videos, and yeah, Duck Duck was definitely like um a standout. Uh. So yeah. Uh. I I mean I don't even want to describe it. It's like three minutes. Sure. So I'm gonna just, watch it. Yeah. 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 It. So it, it it's worth checking out. But yeah, I I. I a lot of people think that you know Harmony Korine's like a provocateur, and obviously like Agro Drift has been getting like you know, um, you know, people are split on it. You know, some people love it. You know, some people hate it. You know, so I'm I'm really curious when it finally gets a proper release to watch it. He also made a a movie with Gaspar Noé, um, uh, that like stars Travis Scott, and it's like um, uh, it's on my list. It's on also on YouTube. Like the full movie, it's like an hour long. Uh, I think it's it's Gaspar Noé, Nicholas Winding Refn, and oh my God. Harmony Corinne. Yeah, making a Travis Scott movie, <laughs> and yeah, it's kind of like you know um, a musical uh, film, like the same way that um, uh, Beyonce's uh, Lemonade is. Oh, you know, yeah, okay. yeah. So uh, yeah, that's on my list to watch. Um, but yeah, the other short film that. Uh, um, I'm gonna bring up in Carlos Cannon is a, it's a filmmaker that I'm a huge fan of. Like he's he's definitely um, a big influence on me. Like every time I see a movie of his, he's he's one of those guys that makes me want to make films. Uh, Peter Sherkasky. Uh okay. yeah, I don't think he's ever made a feature film. Like he only makes uh, shorts, uh, but they're these incredible shorts. Like he he, he nobody makes films the way he does. So. What he does is he basically finds like old footage, so he makes find found footage films, but then he re-edits them, and it becomes something completely different. And they feel like original films. Like it's like, did you cast these actors to play this part and to tell this story? And no, they're just like found footage, you know. And it, they're all in black and white. I don't think he's he's made like a color movie. Uh, I could be wrong, but yeah, like most of them are in black and white, and it's like, uh he plays into like the film kind of falling apart and then you know the it, it kind of not aligning when it's being projected and oh, then cool yeah the film like kind of um you know morphs into itself um mm-hmm. uh but the one i wanted to highlight for my canon is um the exquisite corpus uh yeah. which is uh i guess he found like uh, footage from like erotic films and he he pieced together this film from it where it it feels like it's this woman who um who goes sailing naked with this other man and then she lands on an island and like discovers herself like she finds herself like sleeping on this island and then it just like leads into like this dream like adventure and i think the the it's like a 20 minute yeah. short film but it's just like really powerful shit and like um he has the same guy do the soundtrack for all of them, and it, it's on my list of like vinyl that I want to get. Is um, uh, mm-hmm. a Dirk Schaefer is the name of his his guy who cool. does all his sound, and it 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 makes so much of the movie because you know uh, the visual is great, but the sound is really what ties it all together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Exquisite Corpus Man is incredible, and you know I think his masterpiece is really Outer Space. That was the first movie of his that I I've seen and. 
it's just wild that he's been making these films since like the 90s and they're they're all consistent like even his most recent one i think was train again and it still feels the same as you know outer space which was 1999 you know so cool. yeah peter Shrikaski, man yeah <laughs> incredible cool. Is there yeah. a place that you can easily find these, or is it kind um, of tr- I, tricky? I, uh, yeah, I think it is kind of tricky. Uh, like, okay. the, I, I kind of remember watching Outer Space on YouTube, or no, no, it was on Vimeo. Um, but yeah, like, okay, I guess cool. they get randomly uploaded. Um, sure. Uh, but yeah, I, like n- some of them are are hard to find. You know, I, you really have to like seek them out. I mean, sure. th- these would be great for archive.org type exactly. movies you know yeah <laughs> okay cool um yeah all right well all i'll right. give it a search and if i find it i'll put it in the notes so we got we got outer space and we got the other one was exquisite um, corpus exquisite corpus cool yeah all right beautiful carlo love okay. it. okay uh, so i guess that wraps up uh our appetizers Ooh, i'm ready to <laughs> dig in all right so let's get into our uh, main course let's do oh, oh and um yeah before we get into the main course mm-hmm you know, I've been kind of playing around with trying to come up with different, you know, sounders and jingles. It's something that I love to do. And so I know I've been, I created that a sounder for the main course that uses uh, that Vanessa Williams song. Mm-hmm. But it, it wasn't quite my favorite. Okay. And so I, so I kind of want to try out something new. Let's go. This, this, this might be a little extreme, but this is a different take on, on the uh, it's time for the main course jingle. So mm-hmm. we're going to... Maybe use it for a couple laps, and we'll kind of make a, a ruling. But, uh, yeah, so here's the new potential mm-hmm. main course jingle. Here we go. It's time for the main course. <laughs> I love it. I love so, it. So <laughs> a little more of like a hardcore kind Hell of like yeah. a heavy kind of jingle. You know, I've never dabbled in like making like a really heavy kind of sound. So yeah, yeah, Carlo, what do you think? Could this last for a couple apps? Like, no, I, it, I think it's great. I like it better. I okay, mean, cool. Yeah, I like also how how brief it is. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Here, here we go again. Here we go. It's time for the main course. Sweet, <laughs> cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of hardcore, and like a yeah. lot of hardcore songs are just super short, like even like less than a minute. That's right. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. Good I shit. remember uh, there was the, the band No Effects. They they had a they had I think it was either a, a an album or a song. I think it was an album that was like short songs for short people. <laughs> That's great. I yeah. like that one. But awesome. yeah, so Carlo, we're gonna get into two pretty spooky mm-hmm. movies as we kind of delve into spooky season here in the fall, which we are very excited about. Yeah. And um, when we put these together. You know, they're, they are kind of similar. You know, they, they're they both spooky and they're both related to kind of, you know, the alien invasion type style of uh, horror, I suppose. Yep. And um, the first one we're going to be talking about is Signs from our guy, M. Night Shyamalan, 2002. Yes. And it's my understanding this was a movie that you had avoided for a good chunk of time. Like, what's, yeah, like, what's your history with Signs? Um... Yeah, I guess it's just weird. I, where was I in 2002? I was, I was just, I finished high school and I was just starting college. Sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that summer I didn't really watch many movies. Like, 2002 was kind of a weird year for movies mm. for me. Like, I, I don't know why, like, this just passed my radar. Because I, I definitely saw uh, Sixth Sense and 
unbreakable in the theater but for some reason this one yeah it, it wasn't like a thing where oh i gotta go out of my way to see this but you know sometimes in the philippines it's weird like mm. some movies only play for a week and then they're gone yeah. you know <laughs> uh yeah, that's so that's yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so if you missed it um you know when it came out then that's it um so i don't know what happened with this so why i missed it but I've kind okay. of been sporadic with with M Night movies. Yeah. Like you know, I'll I'll dip in every now and then. Um, yeah, and I mean we'll we'll get into it like in the context of his his filmography, where this stands, and and all that. But yeah, it's it it's weird because you know he was one of those guys who just he was kind of destined or you know anointed to be the the next Spielberg. You know, he was gonna be basically who Christopher Nolan is now you know he was going to be that right. big of a filmmaker uh but he seemed to kind of have lost his way you know mm. um and you know there there's always all these movies that people point to but we'll we'll get to it um yeah we'll and, get there uh but yeah what was your experience uh watching this Steve like when Dude. was the first time you encountered I, so apo bapo man i saw this 2002 right when it came out mm. could not have been more excited for some reason the one i missed was unbreakable i remember oh i, I remember seeing six cents mm-hmm. uh my mom uh, that that was like a mom favorite mm-hmm. you know shout, shout out to all the moms out there but uh, yeah i missed unbreakable and i was just ready to watch this you know so and i loved it i remember like you know i just be liking ever since uh you know my dad was a big sci-fi fan so he would always show me like sci-fi movies from like the 50s like it the terror from behind from beyond space and them and um mm-hmm. you know invasion of body snatchers did you guys oh yeah it? invasion yeah. of body snatchers yeah. the original the thing from 1950s yeah yeah and so I just always have liked alien invasion type stuff, you know, in, awesome. and then, you know, Independence Day, obviously. And so this one, I was just primed to like, you know, in 2002, I am 21. Yeah. So I'm like fully like feeling like I'm an adult, <laughs> you know, I'm like <laughs> yeah, drinking, sure. I'm like in a band, I'm yeah. just the whole deal. So, so yeah, I'm rocking and rolling. I loved this movie when it came out and then was like, walking out of the theater and hearing everybody complain about it and 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 then hearing all the scuttlebutt <laughs> from everyone not liking it and i yeah. was like what you guys don't like it i like it and so and so it's been this whole 20 year process you know up to this point of like trying to wrestle with okay why did why did i like it and why does so many people not like it and right. trying to trying to figure it all out you know what i mean yeah i mean it it's it's interesting to connect it to a recent movie from last year which is um nope like i feel right. like they, there's a lot they share a lot in common like there there's that grief aspect of you know getting over that sure. and then um yeah and then yeah. just also not like focusing on like something that's a global phenomenon but like in a small scale small scale yeah 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 that it's just it concentrates purely on this family that's yeah. it the single house and how it affects them but i mean you know with nope there is that the jupiter's claim and all that part two and you know he <laughs> the the completely different movie with the monkey you know it's like <laughs> the, there's all that that yeah. aspects but you oh, know yeah. it's also like a spooky movie and in a way like sure. you can even say like jordan peele's career is like on a night uh trajectory a night as deal. A, yeah, yeah 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 he's he's on that that way i mean that he can basically sell a movie on his name alone 
you know, like uh, there's already hype for his next movie, even yeah. though nobody even knows what it's about. It's just like, yeah. oh, it's the untitled Jordan Peele project coming out next Christmas, you know? Yeah, and you mm. expect a, a twist like mm-hmm. an M Night kind of deal. That that that's interesting. Yeah. I never I never put that together. That Jordan yeah. Peele also is kind of a twist guy. Yeah, the the difference between them though is because Jordan Peele established himself as like a comic actor before becoming a filmmaker. I feel like that's helped him in a way because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he he definitely sets himself aside. Like he doesn't give himself like a cameo in any of his movies, you know, like <laughs> the way M Night does. But like I think there's a part of M Night which is like he is an actor who I well like he's a frustrated actor. Like he always mm. wanted to be an actor first, I think, and so he casts himself in his own movies. And he's usually, it's not just a cameo after a while. Like, I think this was the start of it where he's casting himself and he's a pivotal character. He's a big character yeah. in this one. Yeah, we can yeah. get into it when we get there, but You're oh right, my right. God. They, like, yeah. you can really feel the ego kind of piercing through. Yeah, you know? yeah. And and that, that that yeah, that's basically what, what led to his undoing, I feel, you know. And, Dang. And, but uh, I will say about him as a filmmaker in general, I, I love that he's like a Philly filmmaker through and through. That even mm. when he's not shooting in Philly, he always like kind of puts it in the background somehow. Sure. Like with this one, it's like he's saying that it the location relative to Philly, like how yeah, far it is from Philly. 20 and miles yeah, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And maybe. I don't know if you saw um, his, his film that came out earlier this year, um, A Knock at the Cabin. Have you gotten around to that? Not yet. No. Okay. Well, okay. yeah. They're they're Philly still figures into that, even though the cabin oh, is, oh, you know, is like in the middle of nowhere. It's just funny that you know it's like he, That's awesome. yeah. Every movie he makes, Philly has to play a part in it, which is That's is great. great. Um, and yeah, with, so with this one, you know, he, he was supposed to be the next Spielberg. So the the connection there is obviously um, Close Encounters of a Third Kind and and E. T. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is funny with Spielberg that, you know, he eventually like made War of the Worlds, which is, you know, right. uh, his kind of ultimate, I would say, alien invasion movie, you oh, know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Whereas, you know, with Close Encounters it, and E.T., it's more like they're friendly. So Knight toes the line with this one where it's like, you're not quite sure. And then at first, he, he's even playing with the idea that are they just seeing things that it's not actually mm-hmm. happening? Right. And, you know, another night trademark is obviously kids. You know, kids play a part. Even, bef- and, you know, a lot of people think that Sixth Sense is his first film. It's not. It's actually his third. <laughs> Can you believe? Is, is yeah, that, that right? Yeah, yeah. No. He had made two movies before that um, that, like, people... F- and I think he's also kind of buried, you know, successfully. But, like, I think his first movie was actually a religious movie which also is actually a theme that he plays oh. a part in all his films as well. Uh, it's called Wide Awake. Um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and I think it had Rosie O'Donnell in it. Um, uh, but yeah, it was like that. That's always been an interest of him is like how kids um, relate to faith, um, mm. and it's like this this idea of like you know clashing with the the world of make believe and you know. Um, what it means to like believe something even though you know you're not quite sure what's real or what's not you know as a kid um so yeah that o- that always leans into it then you know uh, uh there's a couple of stories in this movie too that um mel gibson tells about like you know how his kids were born 
and they right. apparently are based on on M Knight's actual children, like the how they were born. You know. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah, and it's just like yeah, I guess being a kid, you know, your perspective of this big world can make it a scary, spooky place, you know. Totally. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, getting into signs, just um, I guess just general thought takeaways, like like what did you think of? Maybe if we split the movie into into like the first, like to me, there's like the first ninety minutes, and then there's the ending. Mm-hmm. There's like everything that leads up to where they get go into the basement, and then yeah. there's like the basement on. Yeah, just general thoughts. Like, yeah, like how how were you feeling about watching this movie? Like, um, you know, especially on, in the early going. Yeah, I, I I guess the the first thing that that stood out to me was just how hushed the tones were with the mm. movie like everybody kind of speaks and and obviously again bringing up max i watched it on max and then the volume is way too low for the yeah. the the dialogue too yeah 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 so it's like and then obviously when it, it kind of ramps up a little bit you know it's like the sound is just deafening um uh and you know the, i think that was intentional but at the same yeah. time it's just Again, I have that problem with Max, like with the, the way that they mix their their sound on that app. I don't know what's wrong with it, but um, sure. but yeah, let I I'll start I'll start with the cast. Like I think it it's yes. a great cast. Like uh, you know, Mel Gibson as the father, uh, Joaquin Phoenix is his his brother, early Joaquin Phoenix before he became <laughs> the Joaquin we all know and love. And yeah. um, the kids are played by um, uh, Abigail Breslin. I think it was her first role, and she's so adorable. Yeah, in this she's movie. so good in this movie. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And then um, uh, Rory Culkin. <laughs> Shout out! Interesting. Yeah, yes. <laughs> he becomes a he becomes a notable ghost face. Yeah. Oh he's, shit! I forgot about he's a that. Ghost face in in, uh, in I think the fourth scream. Yeah, yeah. man. I compl- Oh, I gotta revisit four. <laughs> you know, that is it four. Also, um, Emma, um, uh, Emma Roberts, or is that three? Emma Roberts is four. Okay. Okay. I, yeah, I gotta revisit four. Yeah, I gotta revisit. Yeah, it, it's her and Rory, and oh, she's man. she she's pretty scary. Like some some hail her. Mm-hmm. As the top the, the ghost best. face, okay. yeah, oh yeah, oh okay. Well, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of old school. I think I still oh, lean yeah. more towards a uh, Stu and um. I love Stu. I'm a <laughs> yeah. Stu guy for sure. <laughs> I'm feeling wounds here, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you hit me with the phone, Dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so good. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also another movie that climaxes in a house. Um but yeah, uh so yeah, I I was mostly into it. I I really feel like the thing with with Shyamalan movies is that he he works on a, he operates on a certain level where I'm into it at the you know from the very get-go yeah. like it's just like I I feel like okay, you're I'm in good hands here, you know. This is a guy yeah. who's confident with his approach and especially at this point in his career, you know, it's like he yeah. he's established now. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, this this movie is being sold with his name, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, so as it was going along, though, it's just like I was I was surprised. Like, he really paces it at, like very slowly compared to like mm-hmm. the previous movies. You know, I mean, at sure. least with um with Sixth Sense and Unbreakable, there were these moments where. 
it would kind of break that pace but this one was just slow until like that video you know which is yeah. the only thing that i had seen previous to, to seeing this movie the, that's a popular yeah yeah that's a popular scene <laughs> Yeah, so like that—that that was hard for me to just like um, kind of get into. It. Even though I did like that, you know, I I do enjoy movies where you're just spending time with characters and getting to know mm -hmm. them. Like yeah. I, yeah, the town that they live in, like um, it has mm -hmm. like a really beautiful bookstore, which is yeah. like <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Um, th the the thing with 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 Shyamalan is that yeah, so he he creates this tone. He's very good with vibes, but then yeah. he can also like tip the scale with being heavy-handed yeah that's yeah yeah and when you you start to realize that oh wait his his role isn't just a cameo he is like a pivotal part of this movie that you yeah. know he, he's the reason why the family is you know grieving and why mel gibson is the way he is you know um yeah it really like was too heavy-handed for me once mm. it got to that point and then the big reveal um and then I'll, I'll also say like um uh my big mistake was i watched clifford before watching this oh. so i did a double feature <laughs> sure. a friday night double feature of clifford and signs that's funny. so um you know to go from like something loud and anarchic as clifford to like this like being so like low it's so it's so serious subdued. yeah it is yeah um yeah that's kind of my main takeaways too from like just like the rewatch is uh you really yeah he really sets the atmosphere that i mm. really love the atmosphere of this of like the first 90 minutes where it's like there's something dreadful happening mm -hmm. there's a lot of what i would call kind of like stiff booty acting where like okay. the character <laughs> the characters are like real still yeah and like move deliberately and maybe quick and then like quick jerks to kind of add tension. And, um, you know, the music is very... It, it reminded me of Hitchcock. Mm -hmm. like, like, I pulled yeah. s some of it in here to, to the soundboard. It's just like... You know, I think yeah. so. I think this is during, like, the title scenes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's very tense, and it's it's getting you set up for, like, oh, my God, what is this, what is this going to be? Right. And then when it drops in to, like you know the the farmhouse and the crop circles and it's 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 uh it doesn't quite match this tension right you know what i mean but he's setting you up in in, in kind of a funny way and really the first 30 minutes are actually pretty funny like um yeah joaquin phoenix is being is his character and his acting is so good like he's providing just the right amount of levity mm. everywhere and then when they go into town and he's going to the army recruiter and Michael Showalter's in there <laughs> yeah, yeah. as like the guy who re remembers how much he used to strike out in the minor leagues. Right. Yeah. It's it to me, it's really good filmmaking where it's like setting you up for one thing and then, Oh, actually we're doing all these light jokes, you know? Yeah. Um, and then in, in just in the, in the early going, I really like that scene where, Rory Cul Culkin has like the sound uh, monitor, the the baby monitor. Oh and yeah, they're, yeah. And they're in the really car, and he's figuring out that that he can like catch a signal, and they're all like on the car holding each other, and like the way it's shot, it just looks really cool, and, and they kind of hear what sounds like a communication. Like there's some really neat little sequences in there. Yeah. Um. 
So I do want to ask. So you're you're famous at this point for not being scared. Like <laughs> yes. you, nothing scares you. Yeah, you're rocking and rolling. Um, there's a couple moments in this movie, in the in the early going, that um, when I was watching it in a theater, got some big jumps and some mm-hmm. big like freakouts. The one is the first time when he's like checking in on Bo, who's played by Abigail Breslin. He's giving her water at night. Yeah. And he's looking out the window and if there's that quick shot of the other house across, I think that's the house yeah. that uh his brother's staying in and then next to the chimney is a figure. Right. And like you can barely see it but Mel Gibson sees it. I remember that got a really big pop in the theater. Yeah. W- was that at all did you feel anything? Nope. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Moving along. So the next one is when Mel Gibson is in the cornfield. He mm. senses something is cracking and he ends up in like a row and he, he's, he's trying to fix his flashlight. He hears a noise behind him. He checks it and you see for a second, a leg in the corn row that then goes away. A- anything there? Nah, nothing there. Nope. <laughs> I, okay. I I will say too, I, I watched this movie in complete darkness by the way. So that was Ooh. the other thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I waited at night, waited for the sun to set so I could, yeah, that's why I watched Clifford to Kill Time before okay. <laughs> before watching it. That's funny. I, yeah. yeah, you wanted to wait. Um, okay, and so then yeah. what about, okay, so then the last one, this is the one that probably got the biggest pop in the theater, was the videotape scene. Right. The Where, you know, they go to a news report of of a kid's birthday, and, and obviously th- this is the scene that's been all over the, the internet for years. So I'm yeah. sure you, you've already seen it, but in the context of the movie, was that spooky at all? No, because yeah, I knew it was coming, yeah, you know, yeah. and like the the whole thing is that um, I forgot how I spoiled it for myself, where I watched the clip, um, man. But yeah, it was just something random. Maybe it was like when I enjoyed like spoiling movies for myself, uh, sure, you know. Yeah. So I was just like, yeah, let me just watch this. Supposedly, I guess it must have been like I was going through like scariest movies or scariest scenes of all time, yeah. Yeah, and that was one of the. I mean, it's really well done. You know, I'll, I'll say that about it. You know, it's just the the way it's done is just like beautiful execution. But yeah, um, but, but yeah, yeah, it's just uh, yeah, it's just really hard to raise like uh, you know the 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 hairs on my arms. <laughs> yeah, you know, no like, give me that frisson anymore. It's just hard. I mean, I'm I'm still chasing the dragon for that. You know, it's <laughs> like I mean, we can get into it for the next episode, but. Yeah. It's just um I think I've I've even like crossed over to the other side where a lot of scary scenes are just funny to me. You know, it's Whoa, but it's not like I'm I'm laughing in a mocking ironic way. It's just like, you know, I guess that's how my my brain is like processing a scary scene now. It's just like, oh, it's funny. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I wish yeah. I had that. I I'll still <laughs> s- scare myself. So this movie doesn't scare me anymore, but obviously because I yeah. like that. But it's like it's it's all in the, in the filmmaking, and I feel right. like yeah, to be in a theater in two thousand and two with the big sound and the big screen and right. be surrounded by people, and you're wanting all the kids to get out of the way so you can see what's going on, and there's a, a crowd yeah. of people, you know, it's like, and just to have that experience was I, I was really fun. Yeah, I'll just say yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll say with with the M Night movies because I I think you're tapping into something about like you know the rewatchability of them is like mm-hmm. and then things being spoiled. I'll also say that you know, um, Sixth Sense was spoiled for me, 
and this was yeah. during a time yeah. that it was very hard to spoil movies. You know, <laughs> it's like you know, not many people were online. Um, but yeah, like somebody in my in my class like just blurted Man, it out. That's a you bummer. know, Ugh. yeah, and then I didn't want to believe it. Like you know, I was just like, no, this isn't true. You know, it's like I, you know, the, so I I was actually watching Six Sense like going against that idea of the twist you know but then when it happens it's like oh man but the the thing about it is like you know movies like i think in general should be more than their twists you know like it really needs to hold up more than that and i think that that applies the same to scares you know so even when the scares like wear off when you know it's coming um you know it should still be able to hold up even Mm -hmm. after that you know and i think that's why certain movies that have like scary moments for me that still hold up you know that's really it it's because they're they're doing other things around it yeah and it's not just that and you know we're talking about like you know m night's like downfall i think that was really it that the twists became the thing yeah you know and like people were expecting it that it's like okay there's there's gonna be a twist here even though you know that that brazilian uh, party scene is not the twist of the movie no um but it's still like the moment of that of the film you know it's really the one that people come back to and remember about it you know right totally. um but yeah i the, 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 i think now that i've had like a pretty heavy sample size of of m night like i think the only movies of his that i haven't seen are his worst movies yeah uh generally considered to be his worst which is uh lady in the water uh the happening and after earth oh shit he made that avatar last airbender movie too man he really like (laughs) you know took a whole nosedive with his career um i've seen the happening but i haven't seen mm -hmm. those other two yeah yeah but yeah their reputation is that they're really bad and if you just like if you can pick like random clips out of context from the, those movies and it's yeah. bad, you know, it's just like, man, yeah. you know, how else, how much worse is the rest of the movie? Um, but yeah, that was really it. It's just like, I feel even with him like operating on a high level, it's still like three stars for me. <laughs> That's sure. what M night at his best is a three star yeah. movie but for it, me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think what's hard. Okay. And you know, as, as we, try to try to wrap up science what's hard for me is i enjoyed the first 90 minutes of this movie so mm. much and yeah. it's, it, it's it's hard to tease out if it's is is it all just nostalgia from the first watch right or do i actually really like it and i think i actually yeah. do really like the first i like the tension i like the mm. storytelling i like where it's going and then the last so what- f- the last 15 i give it like because I enjoyed that first chunk so much, I give the ending like a B minus, mm. which then allows me to like enjoy the whole piece. You yeah. know, whereas like I think for some folks, once they get to that last ten minutes, they're like, "Oh hell no, I don't <laughs> like this." And yeah, it, yeah, and and it kind of like then kills the first 90 you know what I yeah mean? yeah because it was like that's it it's water that's all <laughs> it takes yeah. Yeah. and then you know uh joaquin has his moment you know where it's like okay mm-hmm. you know this home run guy gets his uh swing Louisville away <laughs> yeah and he gets a swing you know and like he's not gonna strike out on this um uh but yeah it just it, it felt like such a cop-out you know, yeah. like for for all that buildup, it's just like okay, that that's really it. Mm-hmm. And 
I think, yeah, it really got to him. Like, what if this movie just didn't have a twist? You know, what if it wasn't just water that was, like, the, the alien's, like, weakness, you know? Well, yeah, um, it's like, well, and I feel like this is something you've talked about with M. Night, about him maybe being lazy mm-hmm. with some aspects of the writing. Yeah. I feel like the twist wasn't the water. The twist mm. was that the wife had given him signs or things to remember. Oh, okay. And that that is what he needed to like see and like put it all together. Like that was his role. Yeah. But then so I feel like if you had to back engineer how did M Knight write this? Yeah. I feel like he started there. Yeah. And then was like, okay, so then there's gonna be these aliens. Mm-hmm. How can okay, and then having the kid that leaves water glasses around so that Meryl can smash them and just beat the alien. (laughs) Like all of this is like trying, he's like trying to back calculate to Mm -hmm. where he, where he wants to go. And he just didn't think enough about maybe redoing some of those points. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's the problem. It's like that when, he's trying to deal with like profound ideas it becomes simplistic like that you know yeah. it's like it just comes off as cheap you know yeah. and that, yeah that's why we we feel shortchanged at the end of the movie um, yeah it's it's almost yeah. like an amateur kind of movie or like a student film mm-hmm. writing or execution you know yeah but then given the big budget and given the stars yeah. It's like you expect more, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's beautifully shot. I, I should give a shout out to the cinematographer, yeah. to Tak Fujimoto. He mm-hmm. also shot um, Sixth Sense, but then he yeah. also shot like Silence of the Lambs and uh, Favorite of Mine, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So, yeah, he's, <laughs> cool. he's a seasoned guy. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like that's, that's really the thing. It's like, yeah, the budget was really in like the production value, but like not in the writing you know and then i think yeah just him like casting himself as like the guy who you know had the traffic accident that killed mel gibson's wife is just not just the guy but when they run into him in town Mm -hmm. there's a scene where they all look at him and they're like is that him that's him (laughs) you know and yeah and i remember to like you know to a certain you know demographic let's say like my mom and like that genre of people mm-hmm. that are like just a very casual movie fans yeah they they kind of like that fun fact about m night is oh m night did you know he puts himself in a, in, in every <laughs> single one of his films yeah. and so they like that mm-hmm. but for us it's like it, it is a little more like you yeah. really feel the ego when he's when not only is he in it yeah he's a main part and there's a scene where they're like is that him yeah, it really comes to a head in Lady in the Water because, you know, uh, I mean, this is why I still have never watched it, even though, like, I think it would be a fun, like, just kind of high watch, you know, just to laugh at it. Totally. But, like, yeah, he's the, the savior in the movie. Uh. <laughs> he cast himself as, like, the guy who's going to save everybody. And it's just like, come on, man, really? Yeah. Um, but, no. yeah, like, I, I'm curious, Steve, wh- uh, what is your favorite M. Night movie? I mean, I think it is signs. Okay, so this is it. And yeah. then, you know, you still have problems with it. Yeah, like yeah. I'm aware that the end is dumb and mm-hmm. the, and that and the aliens are kind of bitch-ass aliens. Like they kind of <laughs> don't do shit and there's maybe yeah, exactly. one there's a there's one line of exposition that explains it in like an early 
it's either in the book that Rory Culkin's reading or it's in like mm-hmm. a newscast or something where some UFO guys being interviewed. I forget which one, but something to the effect of um, they're speculating on how the aliens would attack. And right. they say, well, they would use ground tactics because if they used their technology or their, you know, their highly advanced weaponry, we would use nukes and we would make the planet uninhabitable. And yeah. so it's like, because that line gets into the movie, you now have these aliens using quote unquote ground tactics, but really like they, they don't do shit. And like, <laughs> they can just grab yeah. you and poison you, I guess. But right. You know, like when that one is holding Rory Culkin for like seemingly 10 mm-hmm. minutes b- before Meryl picks up a bat. Yeah. You know, it's just like, Run up and kick it in the balls. Like, like where's, um, <laughs> like, if the jackass guys kind of broke into your house, like, they would be more menacing than right. this alien. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, you have these kind of, like, aliens not doing anything. You have the water thing. You have the asthma that, you know, mm-hmm. oh, this is why he has asthma, so that his nasal passages are closed or, you know. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's all these little things that are put into the story to make the ending seemingly make sense. Yeah. But it's um ultimately it, like if aliens were invading, they'd do way better shit than just yeah. show up and like bang on doors. No, you know I mean? yeah. I mean, I'm I'm all about, you know, Independence Day like blasting people. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, uh, who are worshiping them on top of buildings Dude. and shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's, and, that's And that's what I'm hoping in Monsters of California cuz um mm. I'm hoping that there's like more gnarly stuff just because like from, from reading all the Tom DeLong book, it's not just like an alien thing. It's like a time travel and an interdimensional being thing. Yeah. So it's like they're, they're not just going to bang on, you know, pots and pans or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I would say um, actually my favorite uh, M. Night is a movie that a lot of people hate. And they point to that movie as the downfall actually is um, uh, The Village. You know, people oh, really right. hate the twist of the village. <laughs> and that's your favorite? Yeah, that's my favorite. You yeah, know what? I, I like the village. I, yeah. I definitely, if I had to pick, do I like it or not? I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, when I saw, uh, you know, it, I didn't see it in theaters. I caught up on, on DVD. And um, when I saw it, I was like, this isn't bad. Like, I don't know why people hate this so much. And, you know, again, M. Night is a pivotal character towards the end of the movie. um, But not as big as as this one or Lady in the Water. Um, But, yeah, it was like, uh, yeah, I was just, I was entertained by it. And, uh, you know, I guess that one was a little more spooky to me. The, the, you know, the the monsters in the the forest, you know, to scare them, you know, like that. Yeah. I thought that was really well done. It has a good atmosphere, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And then, yeah, I enjoyed the cast as well. Um, yeah, you know, he collaborates with Joaquin again, and then William Hurt, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think this was the first movie I ever saw Bryce Dallas Howard in. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I think The Village is actually pretty entertaining, and it it holds up better to me than other movies. Because before that, I think Unbreakable was my favorite, but then I rewatched it again, like. Le- leading up to Glass, but I never watched Glass, which is so funny. It was like I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna get hyped for Glass, but then I never watched it. Yeah. Um. But then I rewatch. Maybe it was because I rewatched Unbreakable, and I was just like, man, this doesn't hold up as well as I I remembered it. You know. 
Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, like I'm just looking at the IMDb ratings. Mm-hmm. It looks like Split actually has a pretty high. Yeah, rate, yeah, rating. yeah. Because that that was the comeback movie. That was really the one that was like, okay, M Night is back. You know, like people really enjoyed it. And then you know the the twist of that one. You know, it's not not really a spoiler anymore. Was that oh, it's it takes place in the in the yeah. the unbreakable universe right you yeah. know and then yeah. they followed it up with glass yeah um but yeah i am curious about glass like i have a friend who mm-hmm. i mean he was already kind of falling out of love with movies that year sure and that was his favorite movie of the oh year. cool so, <laughs> that's funny so yeah. i was like yeah and it, it really affected him so i'm like yeah. okay i'm curious um yeah, it's funny. Yeah, like the village and signs are similar where it's like mm. you have this really great atmosphere. Yeah. Spooky. And then there's a twist. And I, yeah, I will say as far as like the writing goes, the twist of the village is more satisfying. Yeah. Um, it's like Twilight Zone type twist. You know, it really like feels right. like it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's yeah. a little more of a classic twist. Whereas this twist, mm. you know, sometimes like with signs, like the religious aspect might turn people off mm. and like. I think ultimately he was trying to really go for something big and tie together ultimately too many things. And it just, those it's, it's in those items where it falls flat, but like I, I still really enjoy the buildup and um, yeah, yeah, I still like this movie a lot. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So what would you have as a wine pairing, Steve, for signs? Yeah. I was trying to think of a movie where it's, um, the two that I thought of was, you know, so in, in this one, you know, he's Mel, Mel Gibson is struggling to like read all the signs and to put it all together until the end. And then, so I thought of the opposite one was like what women want, where he can like read all the signs like right away. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so left field. But, um, yeah. And then the other one I thought of was, uh, um, have you seen Primal Fear? Sure. Yeah. You know, the Richard Gere, Edward Norton film. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I it, that can kind of pair with this where it's like whereas the signs it's like 90 minutes or at least from my opinion it's like 90 minutes of like i'm on board and then the ending is like eh whereas primal <laughs> fear like it's kind of opposite where it's like right most of the movie it's like okay this is okay and then the end you're like oh my god no yeah way. it makes you reevaluate everything and i yeah, think yeah, that's yeah. what m night movies should aspire to it's mm-hmm. like you know i mean i guess he got close to that with um with the sixth sense, you know, yeah. like that's the only one that's really like, oh, okay, now you can you watch the movie again, yeah, uh, with that perspective. But you know, it, yeah, the rest like the twists don't work as well because mm. it's like that's, yeah, that's not really it. You don't you don't see anything new now knowing what the twist is, you know. Totally. Um, yeah. Um, so uh, actually, for both movies, I. I I, I'm now doing something because you know sometimes I'll I'll come up with two wine pairings and I mean you you came up with a couple so I have a white wine pairing Ooh, and a red I like wine. This. Okay, pairing. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, my yeah. my white wine pairing for um for signs is contact with Jodie Foster. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, it also is about like listening for the sounds uh, in outer space and then you know there's also a religious aspect of it obviously because oh, you know that's right. of, um, yeah of Carl Sagan. Uh, you know, he wrote the book that it's based on, and it's also like a very quiet movie. You know, it's like mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, I think it's rated PG. Like you know, there's nothing really offensive in the movie. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it also has like I guess you can say a twist at the end. 
yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah so yeah it, i mean uh, some people like uh our previous guest a uh, friend of the show um Kaylin, she really loves this movie. Like, I, there, she's over the moon for about it. But I don't know. I, I guess Robert Zemeckis is also another guy to me who's like, even at his best, he's just like, maybe I would bump him up to four stars. You know, <laughs> he's a four star filmmaker for me. Like, you know, um, uh, and yeah, it's like coming off of Forrest Gump. Like, he makes this movie that's like so low key most of it for most mm-hmm. of it. You know, it's like okay, but yeah, he's he's at a point now where he can basically make whatever he wants. You know, because of a Forrest Gump and the Back to the Future movies. So, um, yeah. But my red wine pairing, and I'm I'm curious, Steve, if you've ever seen this. Have you ever seen Under the Skin? No. Oh no. shit. Yeah. Okay, you gotta see it. And you know, this is a good spooky season movie as well so um i i believe it's either from 2013 so yeah it's been 10 years um cool uh jonathan glazer uh one of the movies that uh, scarlett johansson made in between the marvel movies um yeah and she's great in it like it's one of her best performances i think and you know again it's about an alien um and yeah the ambiguity in this one is a lot better you know i really like it a lot and uh, even like Stranger Things stole from this. You'll see like the upside oh, cool. down is kind yeah. of like a, a thing in this. So yeah, my red wine pairing is under the skin. Yeah. Sweet. Okay, cool. Under the skin. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. So shall we get into the faculty? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. All right. This so is, uh, This is a fun one. Let's yeah. Go. From 98. So celebrating its 25th anniversary. Oh, this year go. um happy birthday and, and you know there's a weird like uh, are you familiar steve with um uh the um six degrees of kevin bacon oh yeah yeah that game yes so there is a six degrees of kevin bacon connection with the faculty in science uh oh. yeah so uh hear me out like rory culkin and josh hartnett were both in that black mirror episode that came out this year and yeah, the, so there's Rory that Culkin connection. Was in that was in that episode? Yeah, he's he's one of the the anarchists who terrorizes. Oh, that's his right. House. He's one of the guys that like kill his wife. Yeah, he's he looks so different now with the long stringy hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah, oh, that's yeah. Right. So cool. that's him. Yeah, yeah. So there's a connection, the Kevin Bacon connection. Wow, that's a, one degree that's a direct. My God, yeah, okay, yeah, cool connection. The Josh Hartnett. But yeah, I mean, just leading into Josh Hartnett, this was the first movie I think I've ever seen him in. I don't like, I, no, I heard about him. Like, actually, I only watched this movie for the first time for this episode. Yeah. I had never seen it before. Awesome. Um, yeah, and it just sets the atmosphere with um, the kids are all right, uh, with <laughs> uh, offspring, you know, and then you yeah. see the, the, the Dimension logo come up, and it's like, oh, shit, like, it's, this is going to be fun. It's so and, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I pulled up Hartnett's IMDb. It's it starts mm. with Halloween H two O. Oh right, and he has the same terrible haircut in yeah. that movie too. <laughs> it's just he, it, like I guess he wanted to like make it look like he was cutting his own hair, so that's why it looks yeah. like that. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. But he's like the coolest character, you know. I mean, he drives like a what is it like a car from the seventies? Yeah, like a muscle it, it, car. Yeah, some kind of like a Charger or a Mustang. Yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, he's. I mean, so yeah, this movie it uh, it it plays off of a lot of. Well, you, you have to kind of think of what other movies is it around. Yeah, you know. So so this is nineteen ninety eight horror. 
Yeah. And so you have, you know, you've already had Scream. You've already had, the, um, I know what you did last summer, Urban Legend, all these kinds of things. And so you have the faculty able to kind of play off of those. Yeah. But then you also have our guy, Robert Rodriguez, directing. Yeah. And so he gets to pull from El Mariachi and um, uh, Desperado. I mean, yeah, he, and, he and, was coming off of um, uh, From Dusk Till Dawn. From Dusk Till Dawn, exactly. Yeah, which is also another horror uh, dimension movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, like I, yeah, I almost equate dimension in the 90s with uh, uh, Robert Rodriguez and uh, Kevin Williamson. <laughs> like those totally. were the two guys, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you kind of get a sense of like, okay, where this is, it's trying to slot itself, but then also where it's trying to stand out. Right. And, um, man, this movie is a total comfort horror movie for me. <laughs> nice. I, I definitely saw it in the theater when it came out, and I feel like it had a decent, you know, television or s- some kind of run because I feel like this is a movie that I've seen a lot, um, mm. you know, and so I could drop in midway through and know where I'm at and kind of follow along. You know, you, you, you have iconic kind of characters and high school tropes and the cast. Again, similar to Signs, the cast is killer here. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is like the coolest high school, I think, in oh movies. My like, yeah. Let's yeah. just talk about the teachers. You know, first of all. Yeah, you, yeah. Let's break it down. You know, you got, you know, a lot of total babe teachers and, and the principal. Yeah. Um, yeah, baby played by Newers. Baby Newworth, and then Newers, you got yeah. Sal, Salma Hayek is your nurse, <laughs> and she's like, so she's you know totally toned down in this film compared to sure. obviously from Dust Till Dawn and all these other ones. Yeah, or Desperado even. Desperado, but yeah. then yeah, but then but then you got Laura Harris. Um, and you have oh no, Laura Harris no, plays she, um yeah she she's plays one of kid. the students. Yeah. So you, you got um Famke Jansen who's like yes oh my at the, god at this point. At this point, were the X Men's out? Like, was she no, no, on, this on is pre X Men? Okay, yeah, yeah. X Men was two thousand. So okay, cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. So she, you know, you know, we got her in this. We got John Stewart playing the yeah. um, <laughs> the science teacher. At, Did and, you catch um, his name? Edward Furlong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which is really funny. Yeah, and then you know Robert Patrick is the PE teacher. So you know, there's that Terminator connection. Yeah. So it's like it's again. So it's like. It's continuing that scream thing of being kind of meta with the writing and the character right. names and all this kind of stuff. But then you also have, you know, um, I don't know, some unique... Uh, Harry Knowles. <laughs> he's he's one of the teachers as well. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. from Ain't It Cool News, who's been canceled, yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, actually, you know, I don't know if you know that the one of the older teachers is one of the first to, like, kind of get... Um, assimilated is uh mm-hmm. piper laurie yeah and you know she's the mom in in carrie mm-hmm. you know they're all gonna amazing. laugh at you yeah, amazing so, yeah, yeah so great cast for the faculty of the title yeah. you the know? actual faculty yeah. yeah the titular faculty here and then yeah of course we got robert patrick as the coach yeah and then um the students my god you got freaking hartnett you yep. got um elijah wood elijah wood as yep. like you know, he's not even like the top build. I feel like at this point, no. But he's obviously yeah, even like though the he's star. the most like seasoned of all of them, you yeah. know, he he's been in movies since he was a kid. Yeah, you know? he's so good <laughs> so, in this. And then yeah. you got Clea Duvall. Yeah, she's like she's. I don't know how her career has gone. I don't mm-hmm. recall her being in too much. 
um, that I, or at least that I've been following, but man, she had a run and she's so, she's such a presence. She's, she's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I, w- I mean, we'd be remiss to not mention Jordana Brewster, who was like one of my crushes. As sure. a kid. I mean, she probably still is. <laughs> she definitely uh, had that, that it girl run. Like there's no yeah. doubt. Yeah. And this was her first movie, right? Like, uh, I think this was yeah the first oh. thing she ever did. So is that right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. What a debut. <laughs> Yeah, because she's in yeah. all the, like, fast films, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that basically became her career was just being in the fast movies. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But, um, um, yeah, she she definitely is a star here in this one. So, yeah, I'm happy that you mentioned the offspring in the opening scene. That just kind of sets the tone. Yep. You really get how insane Robert Patrick is as, as the football coach. <laughs> um Oh, we forgot to mention one of the football players is Usher. Usher, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As like a total uh, dick. He's uh, yeah, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He doesn't even need to be possessed by an alien. Like, he's yeah. already. <laughs> and then, yeah. and then, uh, and then, of course, Sean had to see a Stan in there. Um, oh shit! Yeah, I forgot about him too. Yeah. Yeah. So the one thing you know, you know, before we we get into the blow by blow is. This is a movie where a lot of the um, the characters are kind of playing off stereotype, right? And I, you yeah. know, I don't know necessarily how far back that you know aspect of writing goes. You know, it seems like in the eighties was like peak stereotyping. Of course, yeah. John Hughes would probably be you know yeah. the <laughs> the main culprit of that. You know, especially with Breakfast Club, right? Whereas, you know, you get to this one and you get, you know, some, some pretty in- interesting stuff. Like, um, like for instance, J- the Josh Hartnett character, Zeke. Yeah. He's actually like the smartest person in the group. Yeah. But he's introduced as like the drug dealing kind of slacker, the way yeah. he's dressed and the whole deal. But he, it was really satisfying for that character to be just like on it and right on and like kind of and loyal and... um. I don't know, just like aware of things, even though it was kind of funny that he has this like amazing laboratory at home that just like, yeah, I mean, he's (laughs) kind of, he's got some business savvy as well. You know, like he, he, he definitely knows his crowd and, you know, sells them the, the pivotal scat. Oh yeah. (laughs) What a funny name. And then like, yeah, um, there's a, we don't really follow that account, but I, I, we get it in the feed. It's, uh, this, account called readful things and he mm-hmm. does like these limited edition like action figures inspired by movies and they're like super expensive on ebay like they're like they totally. go for like 300 bucks or My whatever god so he did like a figure of the scat pen which it's is just so hilarious oh. yeah yeah that's such a fun and it's just like a, a great idea you know it's just like mm-hmm. we all had those pens i remember in my high school people would <laughs> hide things in those pens and like i don't quite know like i wasn't savvy enough to like really be aware of of all that so it totally made sense to like yeah put like a powder you know yeah yeah um (laughs) and then you know you have um sean hadassi's character stan who's the football player but he actually doesn't want to play ball anymore he wants to like (laughs) yeah that was funny yeah that there was a character like that yeah he he wants he wants to be respected by his, his his girlfriend who yeah. 
And the girlfriend is typically the one with the heart of gold, but then she's actually like, no, you're supposed to, you're supposed to like play f- football. I'm, I'm not supposed to date someone who's not playing football. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jordana Brewster is kind of a bitch, her character. Totally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this is pre like being assimilated too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And then, you know, um, Elijah Wood, who's the nerd, you know, like obviously has a, a big crush on, on Jordana Brewster. Yeah. But yeah. but then again, playing off stereotype, he actually has a lot of confidence in agency, mm, and he's he right. you know he, you know even though he's treated as like this dork and nerd, you have a sense he's like he that he's like man, you guys are just dicks. Like I'm actually like fine. Like leave me yeah. alone. You know, right? Um, yeah, he's interested in photography. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then and then you got Clea Duvall who's like plays the role of the les the goth lesbian, but she, really she like just doesn't like anybody, you know. Yeah, so no. So kinda... people consider her to be a lesbian, and then right. it, it's like, um, and and she just like wants people to leave her alone. But you know, it, it's funny because um, she actually is a lesbian in real life, you mm-hmm. know. But then it it's kind of revealed with her, you know, her character arc is that she isn't actually lesbian you right. know that it's just like okay she's just if that will leave her alone she'll pretend to be lesbian you know yeah. but then yeah she obviously has this romance with uh sean hatosi yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, I yeah. It. um yeah and so okay so you know so this movie starts off you got a cold open mm-hmm. where robert patrick is like trying to attack the principal and the principal is like trying to escape the school and she gets cornered by um piper Lori. yes yeah, so, yeah, H- how do you feel about this cold open? Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, I, I really think, like, I I was solely in it. I mean, you know, that that yeah. really is a thing with with um, Robert Rodriguez. He's he's really good at doing thrilling scenes. I mean, he had a movie actually this year, uh, which nobody saw because it was totally ludicrous. It was called Hypnotic, oh. and it's not one of his best movies, but, you know, he can do action and he can do thriller pretty well you know it's like that's yeah that's one of the things that he's he's good at you know so like yeah he he handled that opener really well and then you know just to see like robert patrick as this menace again you know is just yeah. so much fun totally yeah and then um once we get into the movie i think it's like once they get to the the student introduction scene where yeah. they're introducing you to the main six kids and they're giving you the title card that's like one of the best introduction scenes I've seen. It's 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 and it makes you kind of fall in love with all six of the characters like right yeah. away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think like uh, yeah, and this is where I think the the Kevin Williams stuff like falls into because yeah, he's just so good at writing high school characters. You know, I mean, from Scream to like even Dawson's Creek. Yeah, you know? yep. it's just like he he really and this was I guess yeah he was. His stock was so high at this point, oh my God. you know, because he he basically had made Scream and then um and then Dawson's Creek was like peaking around this time as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, yeah, he was he was on a roll, man. So yeah, yeah. Well, and this one fits right in. Um, I like that. Uh, so yeah, when when you get introduced to Zeke, he goes into the bathroom, and he meet and he's, he makes his first deal, and yeah. uh, one of the people. In this deal, is our is uh Danny Masterson? Oh shit, I forgot. About that. And so I guess like just a little quick uh, movie food news. 
Yesterday's stories today. It's the movie food news. Uh, Danny Masterson sentenced to 30 years in prison for rape. Okay, oh. cool. Way to go. Yeah, that's a yeah. good boss. But um, still, you know, he's in this. The, the <laughs> none can dispute. He's right there. You know, it's like one of those things where it's like. In, in in retrospect, it would have been cool to see him get assimilated and to see him like really have like a gnarly death. Right. But um. But yeah, I mean, people have been bringing up like since that recent news, like there's a clip of him in Face Off where you know John Travolta like kicks his ass. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> All right. So if people want to see that comeuppance in a movie, yeah. there's that scene. So. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure he does get assimilated. Um, we we just yeah, don't, it's like don't the entire school does. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, like exactly. a, and that's the like the tie into to the thing, which is like you know, yeah. there's always this questioning of like who who's been assimilated or not because the way the alien assimilates, like you really have to be paying attention because um yeah the so they're they're able to like act normally and then you know the the start of like all the big twists in the movie um like relates to that of just like how how well they you know and maybe that is that whole thing with kevin williamson like writing um you know that uh prototype of a stereotypical high school character because it's like oh how much do you lean into that character Mm -hmm. you know and then is that convincing enough for you to be human you know um but yeah, the the thing definitely is a big influence on this movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think it's one of the reasons why it's so fun to watch. Is it's like a modern reference to the thing in, in a way that the thing remake from like, I think they redid the thing in like 2011. Right. Yeah. That it's like that. Yeah. That's like not that fun or good. Like this one actually <laughs> is kind of fun and good. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, it, it also has other elements involved in it. I mean, it it's like actually explicitly mentioned they, like the most kevin williamson scene mm. in the movie is when they're in the library yeah and uh clay devolves like talking about invasion scene. of the body <laughs> snatchers you know yeah and now they're they're just theorizing and it's like man you know if randy suddenly showed up from scream in this scene like he wouldn't be out of place at totally all. <laughs> i love that yeah. scene so much carlo i yeah. got it here in the soundboard here's oh like a, nice let's get here's to a it. clip of it here we go how do you know there's not a conspiracy? Look, maybe the X-Files is right. And where do all these movies come from anyway? How do we know Spielberg, Lucas, Sonnenfeld, Emmerich Tumble haven't on. been visited by aliens? You know, maybe they're aliens themselves. Maybe they're simply preparing us for what's to come. You know what, Casey? It's fiction, okay? It's science fiction. Exactly. Everybody gets hung up on the science part, which has nothing to do with it. They're getting at us to the fiction. So... Aliens have just been setting us up over the years, creating this happy little make-believe existence with their, their E.T. and their Men in Black movies just so that nobody would believe it if it really happened. I think so. Yeah. Well, you're not buying this, are you? No, I'm not. But it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool is right. Yeah. I mean, it's wild that they're referencing Men in Black because that only came out, like, a year before this like the yeah, previous right? summer yeah so it was like so recent and then you know it, it's uh it's right there and yeah like that it took me a minute i mean they had to mention men in black by name but like when they were listing the directors mm. i was like sonnenfeld like what was the alien movie he made and then it's like oh yeah yeah right. <laughs> that's what it was yeah yeah um but yeah, but, yeah. you kind of just lay it all out right there 
mm-hmm. um, in a fun way. And it, yeah, it's like, again, it's, it's the balance of, I mean, I, I would say that this movie feels more like a thriller than, or like a who done yeah. it, you know, than like a horror film. It's actually not that scary. It's no. good, it, it can get gory. Mm-hmm. There was a couple scenes where it's like, okay, that's that's pretty gross, but yeah. it's not necessarily like a, you know, like the signs. Signs definitely has spookier sure. moments, a little more dreadful. Where it's like, there's something about this, and I and I, and I think it's again because of the era it's in. It's a little more well lit, and it's yeah. more about the fun of it. Um, and I'm yeah, definitely having fun watch, watching this, movie. right? Yeah, because even from *Dust Till Dawn* is not really a scary movie. Yeah, either. you know, it's really more just the fun mm-hmm. aspect of it and how thrilling yeah. it is with the horror elements. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's just like uh, I I feel like the um, you know the, the the some we should mention some of the gore stuff. Like, yeah. um, one of the standouts for me is the John Stewart scene in you know, oh right you know, in the science lab like you know with and also very explicit like thing kind of reference you know with the the fingers getting cut off and, you know right uh, crawling away on their yeah. own um i like in that scene how zeke like rips off the cutting blade from like the paper cutter and kind oh of yeah uses it as that's a sword right. yeah that's yeah. one of those things that that was in every kid's you know, or, or at least high school, um, you yeah, know, cl- exactly. classroom. And, it was, and, yeah. and, 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 and like, I, and as a kid, I always had that fear of like, oh my god, I could cut off a finger with this thing. Yeah, exactly. It's basically a guillotine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Terrifying. But yeah, it's, just like separating that, and then yeah, the the stabbing of the scat. You know, that's how they find out that like, oh shit, like it 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 affects these aliens. It's a diuretic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, so that's a good gory scene, you know, when when stands in the shower and the teacher comes in and her hair kind of falls out. Like that's 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 like ooh, one of the, yeah, one of the first yeah. like, ooh, this is gross. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. there's a couple of those. And then, you know, I think some like some of the odder things is I was trying to figure out like what's the dynamic between Zeke and Famka Jansen. So Right. <laughs> there's this whole like sexual tension between them. Yep. Where For it sure. seems like she's like down to clown, but kind of doesn't want to admit it, and he's like flirting with her like a seventeen-year-old or eighteen-year-old boy might. Yeah. Um, and then you know once she's assimilated, she's like fully like rip roaring. Oh yeah, yeah. She's got the low cut top on. <laughs> oh yeah. And so it's um, yeah, it's kind it's kind of a wild <laughs> kind of situation that you can only get away with, I think, in that era. Yeah, before, because. Yeah, I, I mean, this is jumping ahead, but the ending basically implies that they're they have a relationship. They're on and cracking. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, she's like waving to him, like while he's playing the football game, the football practice. You know. It's like, yeah, that's oh, but man. that is amazing for yeah. Like, but so it's just like one of those things. Like you, you just have to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it's like, you know, it, it's a movie. Just just right. just relax. Um, but then like. Yeah, there's a couple other scenes, you know, well, like the well, 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 I guess the fact that even Zeke is allowed to sell drugs at the school, like, mm. like I feel like the teachers know, like Famke Jensen knows, yeah. and instead of putting the kibosh, she's just kind of like, "Come on, Zeke, you know, you know, you're not supposed to do that." It's and it's like, <laughs> no, he would be under arrest, maybe, like, I, like who knows? Yeah, I, well, I 
from my like high school experience, the I feel like there there's just these guys that can get away with these things. You know, it's right. like they there are these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like because I guess they've already established that they're like trouble. That it's like it, it's not even worth pinning anything on them. Like I, I remember, <laughs> like um, you know, because I wasn't a naughty kid, but like you know, when I would do something bad, like uh, and then you know, I like one of these bad kids would be involved in it somehow too. Like I was the one who would get like called to the principal's office, but the bad kid was just like go because it's just like well you know that's just how they do things you know it's like <laughs> they get off because like I don't know if they're trying to pin like a much larger like offense on them, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's just like a thing that I I remember from my experience. Like yeah, there's these people who just get away with these things you know in high school you know it was like a thing. Um. So totally. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Zeke yep. definitely was in that privileged position. Yeah, you know. Um, um, yeah, and that the car, by the way, that he drove was a, a Pontiac, nineteen seventy Pontiac GTO. GTO, that those yeah. were huge. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. GTOs. Okay. Yeah, love it. So um, yeah. Well, I do like the movie has a great pace. It's just mm-hmm. off and going. I think I, I noted at the thirty minute mark, all the students are kind of in. Like like, like all six of the key students like are, get it. And the yeah. faculty is infected, and you're you're already a half hour into the movie, like yeah. it's like pretty good, and then um, I think at pretty quickly, yeah, you get from that that those scenes to where they're they're they're, they're first having to escape the school, which is kind of fun, and then they kind of have to like break back into the school at the end, you know, with the yeah. football. The football game. Yeah, that was like game. yeah a huge scene, and then also like uh, I remember that cover of another brick in the wall was like huge at that time, you know, like mm. that got a lot of MTV airplay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. So you, you got that playing and then, um, yeah, it, once it gets to that point, like when the, the climactic football game, uh, which ironically has a connection with bottoms cause the climax of bottoms oh. also takes place during a, a football game. Uh, and it's also kind of gory. <laughs> oh, funny. Um, but yeah, it's like, yeah, it just doesn't let up. Like, you know, Robert Rodriguez really knows how to like, you know, put his foot on the gas and not let go. Totally. Um, yeah, because okay. we have the school bus scene. Oh, but wait, we're, we're skipping ahead. There, before yeah, this happens, like there was the test scene. Yeah, Zeke's, lab. Zeke's home lab. When So yeah, yeah. Th- this is the throwback to the thing where you're testing mm. everyone to figure out who it yeah. was. Yeah, it's <laughs> so yeah. good. Talk me through this one. Like, what were you, ex- like, was there someone you were suspecting? Um, At that point, no, actually. Yeah, that, that was the thing. Like, I, I was, I sensed the, the thing connection. But, like, at that point, like, I, maybe I was, like, just in love with, with Jordana Brewster. I yeah. did not see that coming. Like, that's yeah. what I love. Like, you know, it, it has more than one twist in this movie. Yeah. And um, it, it's really good because, like, you know, it it adds more to that, that thing scene. Because in the thing scene, it's basically, like, well, you know, the, he's testing the blood. Um, and it turns out to be that one guy. I, I can't remember his name, but he, yeah. you know, the guy who's sitting at the end of the couch. Yeah. Um, but with this one, it's like it's revealed that it's one of them. But then you realize later on that actually it's it's more than just one of them. There's two of them in that scene that are actually like assimilated, and that Laura Harris might actually be 
uh, what's her her character's name? Mary Beth. Mary like Beth. she she's actually like the queen. The queen. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then yeah, that was like surprising and just like seeing her naked was like wow. Like, oh sure, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> she's naked, um, but she's also like either set far back from the it's mm-hmm. like it's a little bit of it's like it's not gratuitous like i will say yeah the thing that, that this movie actually does a pretty interesting job of is like the sexual nature of of mm-hmm. it all whereas like you know the the 90s was like peak f- fake boobs coming <laughs> r- coming right at you nipples right. coming at you through the shirts like i remember like seeing um, I know what you did last summer and just like, my God, like the whole thing is just like, you're just like distracted, you know? Right. Yeah. I was, I, I thought initially that was just like exaggerated for the poster, you know, with, with Jennifer sure. Love Hewitt like, sure. way up front. But then it's like, oh man, like actually that, that is the whole movie. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. The whole, it's, it's, it's right literally there. the whole film. And then like, yeah. you know, and then I think even, um, you know, in Scream, you had Rose McGowan and th- yeah, there was the, the garage scene, <laughs> the garage scene and yeah. like uh, Urban Legend, I think also had, you know, and then, of course, you know, like in the background, you got Baywatch and you got MTV. Sure. And so like, oh, yeah. So like sex is like cranked way up mm-hmm. a- and in this era. And I thought that this movie actually does a decent job of like, you know, the, ev- ev- obviously everyone is still attractive. But they yeah. didn't kind of go that extra element of like making it like hyper um, sexualized. Yeah, it's not it's not gratuitous. Yeah, that's for right. Sure. Yeah. And so even mm-hmm. the the Mary Beth walking around naked, they tone it down. It's 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 mm-hmm. like you know she's in the dark, she's in the shadows. Yeah, and, and it kind of makes sense for the character. Kind of, she's the she's the queen. She's like yeah. You know, so it's like this whole other thing. Just well done, I think. On the, yeah, that, yeah, and then that, that twist of like basically because I, I guess we 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 kind of skipped over her stereotype, which is she's like the new girl in in school. She's and yeah, you know yeah. Not only that, but she's like from like the south. <laughs> yeah. So, so being the outsider and the irony being that this movie was actually shot in the south. It's in Texas, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think like in the movie, it's set in Ohio. Ohio, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, and it had to be like a small town because that that idea of like how the assimilation was spreading, it has to right. start somewhere small and then like you know mm-hmm. expand. So like, uh, yeah. it's like they're on that quest to stop it yeah. from spreading, and yeah. they, uh, you know it's like it's safe to assume that the entire school is now assimilated. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that that twist was really surprising. I did not expect Laura Harris to be. Um. And first Jordana Brewster then. Yeah, uh, it's Beth funny. Thing. I've seen this movie uh, countless times. I forgot that Jordana Brewster was a thing at that point. Oh, I, like I was a little like, oh wait, what's gonna happen here? And then once she gets revealed, then I kind of remembered. So it seems like it's so. If we had to figure out the mechanics of these aliens, it seems like most of most of the assimilated aliens kind of behave a little odd right away. But yeah. for what, but for whatever reason, the queen is able to kind of act fairly normal, like not be obsessively drinking water or whatever. Yeah. And then, but then Jordana Brewster also, we don't know when she got assimilated. Is kind of yeah, like the that's the funny mystery. thing because it's like is she just default like a bitch? You know, it's like that's right. How she is, yeah, yeah, and, um, and it's like like did she get assimilated? in like the last hour or so. And so that's why she hasn't, we haven't seen her as far as like the movie goes behaving too different. 
Right. That's where maybe it's like, you know, if you want to be a nerd about it and try to figure out, well, when did they get assimilated and when did they start acting weird? The Jordana yeah. Brewster one, it's a little bit, it's hard to, to really figure out. And since she's not the queen, it seems like she, her, the rules would, the rules would be that she behaves a little more weird, you know, <laughs> for longer. But, yeah, yeah. but but as far as the surprise goes, it's like pretty satisfying. And then yeah, and you know, yeah. just I, I I had a huge laugh at the end of that scene because it's like she breaks through the wall like oh, yeah. the, the Mr. Kool Aid, <laughs> like the Kool Aid guy. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just so, so funny. And then you know the car's waiting for her to pick totally. her up outside. Love it. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, because like the car pulls up and you're not sure what's gonna happen. And then yeah, kind you of, think yeah. that it's gonna be an ambush or something. And but yeah, That's before cool. she leaves, she destroys Zeke's lab, so his setup, so he can't yeah. make more scat. And that's also pivotal in the movie because it's like now they only have limited, unlimited amount of pens. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then, and it kind of helps that let's like okay, he has more in his car, so that's why they have to go to the car. Yeah. Um, once they're in the school, but then. But yes, uh, going back to the football scene, my God, they were, are like clotheslining at everybody and like <laughs> violently assimilating yeah. the other team. Like this football scene is pretty wild and it's pretty funny. Like there's a scene where like, I think Usher clotheslines a kid and then gets <laughs> like, and then gets like carried off like mid game. Like the game's not <laughs> even over and they're like, he's up on like the, their shoulders, you know what I mean? Oh, it's so man. funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm really curious how you would feel like comparing the scene to um to the bottoms uh, football. Okay, cool. Scene. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I gotta I gotta like yeah s- sneak away or or, or something. And, yeah, like, and, yeah. And watch it, but um, for sure. But yeah. So once we get through the football scene and the kids now are barricaded into the gym, it's kind of cool to be yeah. in this gym and you you kind of get the geography, you you get the layout of the bleachers here, which is gonna pay off later yeah. um and you kind of see you know that they have to s- split up essentially and so i think first sean Hattesey goes out i forget why he goes out um um yeah i'm i'm not blanking on like why they they have well i guess they have to like basically lure them in right to, you know to to give them the scat yeah. you know but then, um, but then I, I just really like that scene where he then pops up and he's like, let me in, let yeah. me in. They're all after me. And they're like, and, and you know, eventually someone gives him the keys. Oh no. Someone mm-hmm. gives him this a scat to mm-hmm. take it. Yeah. And then he like fakes them out and put dumps it out. Yeah. As like the <laughs> reveal. Right. Yeah. So, the way was, he pulls it off and then, you know, um, Clea Duvall's like reaction to him yeah. where she's like kind of heartbroken Sad. and crying. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Incredible. Yeah. And um, then, um, but then, yeah, the bus lot scene. This is one of my favorite mm. sequences is when Casey oh. and Zeke go into the bus lot. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Famke Jansen oh, <laughs> shows God, up. Oh, dude, she shows uh, up. She's yeah. doing her thing. But then also Casey's being chased by the whole football team. And then he ends up in the bus with Jordana, which right. is kind of a funny thing. I, I kind of forget how he escapes. He maybe goes up onto the roof or something. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. They go up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's established that he's fast. Even like the football mm-hmm. coach earlier comments like, hey, you're you're pretty fast. Right. Um, so, so he's <laughs> able to like outrun everybody. But then, yeah, right. you, you get Zeke with Famka, and he, she's she's putting on the seduction. Mm-hmm. 
and a pretty good little car car crash where she goes flying out and i think yeah she loses her head her head falls off yeah (laughs) Yeah, and, and that's the other thing, uh, tribute, you know, yeah. with her head crawling away oh, with yeah. legs. Love it. You know? That's great. Yeah. So um, eventually, I think Zeke and um, uh, Casey get back into the gym with Mary Beth and Stokely. Yeah. I, for, I, think, I think Josh or yeah, Hartnett makes Casey take the scat. So scat. So 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 Casey's like tripping again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but at some point, you know, th- this is obviously the big ending, and um, this is where Mary Beth reveals herself. And yeah, pretty gross. Pretty gross queen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they end up like using up all of the scat. You know. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like I think they put it in some sort of. Um, what is that thing that the it's like a mixer that they put it in, you know, and then they overuse it on that that one. Who who is it? Is it like uh, the principal that they use it on? Yeah, they use yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then yeah, Mary Beth before she transforms, she dumps a ton of it on. Oh the yeah, principal. so that was yeah, she did yeah. that on purpose because yeah, she didn't want any of yeah. it to be left. Okay, that that makes sense. Yeah. And then yeah, so we get the twist. Like, it goes back to the test scene where basically we see that she doesn't actually inhale it because she's able to like close her right her nostril yeah um, yeah yeah so yeah and then yeah that, that yeah i was i was pleasantly surprised i was like man yeah that's crazy that she was yeah she was evil all along she was the queen yeah playing it cool and and, and then again it's like good writing because it's like yeah she's the new kid like it all makes mm. sense and it's right. just, and it's kind of obvious but they just did such a nice job with the storytelling and everything that it kind of gets lost amongst everything else which is like great yeah yeah it's good for sure yeah and uh, yeah the the swimming pool scene is great and then yeah you were talking about the bleachers how that's pivotal um, yeah, the creature design I think is really well done. Yeah, in this movie. Too. I will say, yeah. like you know, for a movie that has a good amount of CGI, I yeah. thought like the end where the bleachers crash onto the monster and then Casey stabs it with yeah. I think a pen or a couple pens, and then the monster like as a last ditch effort like launches those like worms into Casey's face. Yeah, and he's like screaming as like yeah. the monster <laughs> dies. I think some of that must be practical because yeah. um, a lot of that looks really good. Yeah, yeah. it was good shit, man. So, um, and then and then we get the big ending, um, or or I guess, the, you know, the uh, after ending. The, yeah, uh, yeah, the epilogue. The epilogue where you got Famke and Zeke flirting. You got Casey and Delilah. <laughs> and, uh, Zeke is now on the football team. Yeah, Zeke's on the football <laughs> team. Casey and Delilah are now dating, which al- to me that seems like that's a little forced. Like, yeah, yeah, they could just the, be like, like that's buds. A yeah. Kevin Williamson like uh, wish fulfillment that the nerd gets the girl. <laughs> totally. The yeah. Yeah. Um, and then um, you know, again, fairly short film. I don't think it's overly long, and you're, we're kind of at, we're kind of done. Yeah, and it's just like I'm just left with like, man, I really love this movie. It's it's definitely a favorite. It's a keeper. It really nice. just it just delivers the goods for me. Um, even though it's more of like a yeah, like like I was saying earlier, it's more of like a mystery than really a horror. Oh yeah, thriller. Yeah. So I would ask you, Steve, where does this rank for you in in terms of '90s like high school movies? God, it's like okay, '90s high school. So what else? Yeah. 
like well we'd have it, to throw in, in scream mix. scream's definitely gonna be in there um 10 things i hate about you. Uh, let's also say like there's um there's definitely like a, a line where there's a divide between early 90s and and late 90s high school movies like i feel like the early 90s movies are uh high school right. movies are they still have the 80s hangover yeah you know uh on them um but yeah the late 90s you know i think the the line is basically clueless like it starts with clueless yeah and, and whatever have, came like, after it can't hardly wait and like yeah um, american pie yeah 10 things i hate about you yeah uh, I, hate about, I thought she was good yeah, yeah she's all that um uh disturbing behavior which is also very close you know because it's got katie holmes in it and it's also about people being possessed but not yeah by aliens you know i would say like based based on the ones that i've like watched and rewatched and like mm-hmm. would still be excited to see it probably goes scream the faculty that can't hardly wait nice um, 10 things okay. i hate about you is one of my wife's favorites and i'll, I'll <laughs> you know and, and and that's definitely one that we could maybe revisit in in, in, in an upcoming season and have her sure. on <laughs> um, yeah that'd be great yeah yeah that's a, that's a good one it's a 99 movie too so yeah. it's celebrating its uh, 25th anniversary next year next year perfect yeah. um but yeah so but yeah but can't hardly wait i remember really enjoying that as a kid mm. had you know had obviously had a huge crush on jennifer love hewitt yeah famously she signed my shirt in the mall <laughs> yeah um, yeah, yeah like go back to our commando episode <laughs> oh good yeah, 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 that good, story yeah, yeah. um yeah. but yeah the faculty is honestly right up there it's like right behind scream in terms of just mm. rewatchability nostalgia for me um yeah and again it just delivers the goods and there's not a ton of like you know like some films where you know where say like i could recommend a favorite like snake in the eagle's shadow but i'd have to couch it to someone and be like but you know it's only really if you like martial arts right the faculty it's like i could just recommend it with not a lot of hang-ups because like there's not a ton of like overly dated stuff yeah or, or like red flags in it so yeah yeah for sure it really holds up 25 years later i mean i i, I think yeah it's probably kevin williamson's second best script after scream and then yeah i think it's one of robert rodriguez's best movies you know totally it's definitely cool. up there yeah that's cool to hear sure. that you enjoyed it man yeah for sure and this was a first time watch right yeah first time watch i'd never seen it before so yeah Sweet. perfect Love um so yeah with wine pairings how how are we doing with that yeah this one is tougher i was trying to think of like a movie where so in this movie the faculty is starts off as aliens and the kids are trying to figure it out. So like what, the wine pairing I thought of was children of the corn were like, Oh, nice horror, but the kids are fucked up, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and the parents are, are trying to solve it. Uh, or, or, or at least the adults, I, I think are trying to solve it. It, it. It's been a while since I've seen it. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what do you got for a, for a pairing there? Um, I also have a white wine, red wine. Love it. Okay. I love pairings. This. Okay, cool. So my white wine pairing is, is the world's end. Um, oh. the Edgar Wright movie, which is also alien invasion. Um, which is also so much fun. I mean, the fight choreography in, in that movie is so underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it, it also has like a really funny ending because it's kind of like, you know, they just make an impassioned plea to the aliens and they're like, Oh, okay. And they just leave. That's awesome. <laughs> just, uh, yeah. Have you seen the world's end? Uh, 
I need I need to do a rewatch. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, you should, Steve. Especially coming off of 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 the faculty and you know yeah. spooky season. Like I think, yeah. I, I so yeah. We we got two movies to add to your list. Of, okay. Um, Under the skin and um and the world's end because okay cool yeah it's the most underrated of the three Cornetto trilogy movies you know but I I think it, it's it's just as much fun as the other two even though it's probably. Yeah, the third best one of of the two. It's also the heaviest because it's just like it's also about the, you know the other connection aside from from you know the aliens is that you know it's about a group of of friends from high school and like how people have moved on from high school. Yeah, and like how the main guy played by um, uh, Simon Pegg is the guy who, who never got out of it. He still drives his his car from high school. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, it's like that bad. Sweet for him and then he's an alcoholic as well so like yeah i i think it's it's a perfect like double feature to do uh the faculty and um and the world's end sweet um but my red wine pairing uh is a little more like i guess uh it's a tougher watch it's still fun it's also very gory um uh but yeah it's like it's it's not on probably on the same level but it's just like it was fascinating to me like it gave me an excuse to revisit it because i hadn't seen it since i was a kid and that's a class of 1999 oh. um which is actually directed by mark l lester of commando fame <laughs> so there's that <laughs> commando connection so um yeah so this is actually also about like a faculty it's actually three teachers that are introduced to this unruly high school um, and they're robots. They're the three robot teachers that used to be like ex-military mm. robots. So like they're designed to like discipline the students. And you know the unruly high school is like set in the future in '99. Even though the, I think the movie was made in in 1990, mm-hmm. uh, or it came out in 1990. So like yeah, it's weird that it's it's projecting that, and it's got the '80s hangover, even though it's set in the future. And the three teachers are great. Like the the female teacher is actually played by Pam Greer, and oh, cool. I think it was like her comeback. Uh, she had been gone for a while because she like um was mm-hmm. really sick, um so that was like her comeback movie, and she looks gorgeous in it. Cool. And um, uh, John P. Ryan, who plays like the older history teacher, is the best <laughs> of the <laughs> three. Yeah, he's just so good. Like, there's a scene where he he has to discipline a student, so he ends up like spanking them. And it's such an incredible scene. So yeah, there, there's all these memorable scenes. It just doesn't hold together. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the only problem with it. One like rewatching it now um, as an adult, it's like, man, this is just like very disjointed. It doesn't really make much sense. Um, sure. And then uh, yeah, and it also is like one of the first movies to use uh, Nine Inch Nails in a movie. Oh, cool. um, Head like a hole is in it, but it's it's not used in a remarkable way. Like it's playing in the background like when a character like gets a phone call and that's it. Jeez. <laughs> so what a waste, you know, they had no idea like, you know, the, this genius that's upon them. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Class of 1999 I think is also yeah, maybe that would be like the triple feature if if anybody was into like doing triple features. It's like the faculty uh. actually start with Class of 1999. Then do the faculty and then end with the world's end, you know. That makes like, sense. I think yeah. that's so, a, yeah, that's yeah. a good so triple go, feature. Go chronological order, okay. Uh, well, yeah, we're a weird chronological order because yeah, world's end is the most recent of the. Oh, three. that's right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So it, w- <laughs> it would be like kind of going back into the past again. Nice. But um, but yeah, yeah, those would be my pairings. Beautiful. 
Well All done. right. Yeah. And so it's so I, I and so is it is a uh, is signs or the faculty a keeper? Um, I would say uh no for signs. Uh, with the faculty, it's like it's on the borderline. Like I think it really needs to like be more in my like you know I need to see it more on TV. I feel like it has to like show up that way, yeah, uh, for it to really grow on me more. But like on the first viewing, I really enjoyed it, you know. But I think I'm I'm not like rushing to see it again, you know. That's sure. the thing, yeah, exactly. You know, so like I'll I'll give it some time and then maybe come back to it and then be like, yeah, this was really good. And then you know maybe it might show up in uh, Carlos Canon in the future, you know. Love it. <laughs> so yeah, stay tuned. Oh, cool. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. All right. We kind of moved through. This is one of like the tighter apps, you know. Oh yeah, go. for sure. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, for for a two movie episode or a double feature episode. Yeah, this is one of our shorter ones. But yeah, it, yeah. it, it was still fun. And yeah, do, yeah. Do you want do you want to give folks a preview of kind of like are there any movies on the list of like spooky stuff that like for sure you're gonna get to? Because oh, I was because yeah. like I, I kind of had the idea of like you know for, for the folks that are also in this movie club here with us that are following along they might want to know what movies like we, we might be watching ahead of time so that when the yeah for sure drops, yeah then... and i mean also by the time we drop it you'll still have time to catch up because we're probably going to drop it like in the middle of october sure um so uh but yeah like uh i've already actually started you know i've, I've been watching sure. a bunch of stuff um uh let's see yeah let me bring up my uh my list yeah uh so those lists <laughs> Yeah, I've gotten into a couple of uh, Final Destination movies. Oh, good. Uh, two and cool. three. <laughs> so good. that's uh, that's one of them. Um, I, yeah, I... Uh, so, yeah, like, I've been tearing them, too. So, like, we'll, we'll get into it in the actual well, episode. Yeah. But there's, there's certain movies that I started and then didn't finish yeah. and probably won't be finishing. Sure. So cool. one of them, which you've already mentioned a couple of times, is... Uh, uh, I know what you did last summer. <laughs> oh, funny. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, like so. uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt wasn't enough for me to watch the sure. whole thing. Sure. No, I I understand. Um, that that yeah. movie's that movie's not that good. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, such a downgrade, you know, from Scre- Yeah, yeah I, Scream I, I, is so killer. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. And I I mean, you know, like yeah, I think the the pivotal thing is really it's just not directed by Wes Craven. Like Jim Gillespie is just like such a yeah. pedestrian director. Totally. Um, but yeah, so I've got that. Uh, I've been meaning to wa- rewatch Gozu, which might okay. actually, you know, be the dragon that I'm chasing because I remember that was a pretty freaky movie. Um, by by Takashi Miike, it's like a Yakuza sure. movie, but it's also like really dark and twisted. Um, I watched a Friday the Thirteenth movie, Friday the Nineteenth, uh, Thirteenth Part Eight. Jason takes Case Manhattan. Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a great one. Sure. Cool. Yeah, and then we—I we, I don't know if we've mentioned this on record or maybe off record. We're potentially watching Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, that's one that that I definitely have circled is Freddy versus Jason. I also have Exorcist yeah. Three. I, I wasn't oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. I wasn't sure if that was one we were gonna save or or if we want to. Yeah, knock, yeah, knock we can definitely out. get into it. I mean, I, I I'm cool. planning to 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 watch all through the all three. three. So yeah, yeah Exorcist trilogy. And I then, actually. Yeah, just kind of a teaser to that too. Mm. I sought out like a certain copy of Exorcist, which was um, uh, somebody actually made a fan edit of the first Exorcist movie and like tried to recreate like the 1973 cut as much as possible. Okay, <laughs> which cool. is incredible. That's so, interesting. 
Yeah. So yeah, and there's then, that. Um, and then uh, the, yeah. the other one I had was I feel, and I feel like have you seen the scary of sixty first Street? No, the Dasha movie. The Dasha for, Necrosova film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. Right, yeah. I'm thinking of try, of giving it a shot. In, okay. It, it might be one of those like Tom DeLonge style where it's like <laughs> I might be like half hour in and be like, oh god, what? Yeah. What, what am I watching? But uh, you know, we'll give it a go. Yeah, yeah, let us know. I mean, because, well, let me know uh, before the episode and maybe I'll check it out. Okay, sure. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm skeptical because I was aware of it when it came out. Like, I I had a friend who listens to Red Scare who, like, kind of said, oh, yeah, she's making this, she made this movie. But I'm just like, "Uh, I don't know. Just from the trailer, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not convinced. But, yeah, um, we mentioned Doctor Sleep. So that's definitely another one that's going to come up. uh, I'll check um, Yeah. So yeah, there's a few, a couple of Wes Craven stuff I'm, I'm gonna get into. So yeah, there should be a fun episode. And and of course, Monsters of California. Oh yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, yeah, for sure. All right, Carlo. All right, man. If, if we're gonna bring this thing home, you can follow yes. us. We are followable. We have not been banned. We are good <laughs> on on X on Twitter at Movie Food yeah. Pod. And, of course, follow Carlo at Carlo Kino with two Ks. Follow me at Steve Positron. Support the show. We got our Patreon. Help us keep the lights on. Patreon.com slash movie food. Um, follow Carlo on his letterbox at Carlo Kino with two Ks. And um, you can also follow my YouTube channel at Pit underscore Hits, where I break down mosh pits, and we have a great time. And nice. I believe, Carlo, that's it. All right. Another one in the books. Ooh great one awesome i'm excited yeah. to watch uh over the garden wall at some point too in, in this fall yeah. so yeah so for sure yeah it's getting to be that time yeah i'm excited too all right all right man bye-bye bye